Father of fantasy football leagues. Created from the pre-internet mind of Garland Levitt, with stats tracked on college ruled paper taken directly from an artifact called a newspaper. The GFL has stood the test of time, becoming one of the largest and most passionate leagues in America. From podcasts to fantasy pros, there is never a dull moment for those brave and cool enough to take on its challenge year in and year out. For over a quarter of a century, the GFL has annually brought together friends while breaking many hearts along the way. Now steered by the steady commission hand of Matt Handy, with continued support and assistance from its namesake founder, one thing is certain, a better fantasy football league does not exist. Welcome to the GFL Fantasy Football Weekly Podcast, number 53, our 2023 season finale episode to start 2024. I'm the G major scale of the GFL, who is much better at holding opinions than a tune, the former commissioner of this league, Garland Levitt. Along here, as always, with our newly crowned Garlando Bowl 23 champion and current commissioner of this hallowed league, Matt Handy. And Matt, I hope you enjoyed that Matt Championship tribute montage I put together for you personally, complete with highlights of several of your players' touchdowns from last Sunday and accompanied by a tune that should need no introduction for any true sports fan, the NCAA Final Four song, One Shiny Moment that I'm using for the second week in a row per your request after it apparently struck a big chord in you after I made it to close, I played it to close last week's show leading up to your Garlando Bowl triumph over Mike Wilson. Matt, now uh, let me ask you, I'm sure this is a rhetorical question, but uh, did you enjoy that opening? Gar, I was really impressed by that, man. That was, um, you know, yeah, I, I did. To answer your question, yes, absolutely I did. I, uh, I did not expect to get the clips from the games, and I'll tell you that Dallas Goddard one that 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 holds a, that holds a special place in my heart. That was when I knew it was officially over. So that's a that holds a special place for me right there. That's for sure. 
Oh man, it's a tie. I made the trade. I trade with you to give it to him. It holds a special place in my heart too, Matt. Well, I'll go into the fact too that remember if you think back to one of the podcasts, how much I ripped on Dallas Goddard in that trade, and how much I said he's like, I don't know, he's not not that he's not very good, but his four is zero, but his his ceiling is like twenty five. You just don't know what you're going to get from him. And well, uh, help me to a title, so I appreciate it, man. Thanks. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> You are you are very, very welcome, Matt. And, you know, you and I get on this podcast every week presenting ourselves as some sort of fantasy guru. So uh, I think it's about time with us both missing the playoffs last year that one of us could set the highest example possible this season. Although I feel we both did well to reclaim our credibility since I made the playoffs as well. So after probably your most pitiful season of your GFL career last season, you sure came back with a chip on your shoulder of vengeance this season like none other as you closed out your second GFL and Garlando Bowl title in style uh, with, as, as you were saying, like a, a record of uh, victories in a row to close the season. And you ended it with the second largest margin of victory in our championship game history since the merger in 2012, second only to Kevin Dalrymple's route over my sister Ashley back in 2019. Mm -hmm. This was a well-deserved triumph for you, my friend. And as your sidekick and podcast partner in crime all season, it's been great to accompany you on your magic GFL carpet ride of 2023 that was really driven by by what wound up being one of the greatest GFL drafts of all time, not just for your early round picks, but by snagging two dream diamonds in the rough in the 14th and 15th round in, in Kyron Williams and Puka Nakua. And mm-hmm. Matt, I shouldn't be the only one living vicariously through you in victory. This was a win for our entire GFC conference as we not only secured our fourth straight Orlando Bowl victory, but in the process also improved to eight and four over our inferior sister GFC conference in the championship game since the merger of my home league and my summer camp leagues. Uh, that must make that must make you feel pretty good, Matt. In addition to everything else in that intro you just heard, you must be uh, really relishing this right now. Yeah, I you know I am you know I, look I I know you guys think I'm crazy okay and I probably am okay but I I, I want to win this every year and this really does actually mean a lot I'm not just saying this for the podcast and trying to play some stuff up or anything like that you know I was telling Joe this the first title I won back in 2013 was nice don't get me wrong but I'd only been in the league uh, that was my second season in the league and I didn't really you don't really kind of appreciate it yet but now that I've been in the league like I oh, was it 12 se- 12 seasons now. You realize how hard it actually is to win. You need a lot of things to go in your favor, uh, but it's re- it's it's that much sweeter when you actually win. And it says a lot when you know we've got 18 teams in the league. We've had the same guys in the league pretty much the entire time, and we've only had two teams that have been a repeat champion. Right now, we've only had two teams now that've been repeat champions. So it's hard to win the league, man. It really is. So it's I'll tell you when when the game was officially over, and I'm glad it was a not an all day kind of thing. Glad it ended about three o'clock. I honestly did just take a second, just kind of sit there and smile for a little bit and say, yep, yep, I just won. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. I'm a GFL champion, you know, again. So I was pretty uh, pretty happy, man. Pretty pumped. Oh, man. And I can only imagine because I remember talking to you, Matt, in 2012, 2013, when things were so easy back then for you. And mm-hmm. I just thought, I just sent you, didn't totally believe it, that um, it was going to come crashing back down to earth. You were going to see a new reality. And so... It's like anything in life. You work really hard transforming yourself, making yourself a better uh, manager and fantasy competitor. And even though it may yeah. not have totally 
shown in the standings, you knew you were making that progress and you had some really good seasons. And so, and so to win it, to really win it, uh, you know, I've been winning these things for a long time and you, you understand the accomplishments. So you should bask in it. You should feel good and you should be uh, double fishing drinks like I, I know you are right now. Yeah, I've got a water and a Gatorade. So, uh, the, you know, me getting the Gatorade out of here tonight's pretty big, you know, pretty big thing. Usually I'm a water only kind of guy, but. No, I mean, I remember you and I talking, I remember you and I sitting, uh, the first time I was going to do the draft in 2012, I had no idea what I was doing. It was probably my second fantasy season ever at that point in time. And, you know, we kind of went over a couple things and, you know, then I won a title the following year. And I'll tell you what, though, the, the years, I think it was about three years in a row after that, I was not good. I was really bad, I, you know, because I didn't really know what I was doing. But then I think around 2015, 2016, I kind of, you and I were talking, I was like, okay, I, I want to become really good. I, I don't want to be crap in this league anymore. I want to be pretty good. So yeah, I was like, you know, what do you, you know, I kind of asked your advice a little bit and you said, well, let's look at draft strategy. Let's look at this. Let's look at that. And of course it's kind of taken a life of its own in my own preparation and things like that. I think, I think it was when, I think it was 2017. I think that's when I first started, when I had Nick Chubb as my keeper, I was like, okay, I'm not going to let this one go to waste. And that's kind of when that work kind of started from. So um, obviously, you know, that got me to be, you know, caring about the league as much as I do. And, you know, obviously I care about it even more now and, uh, all good things, all, all, all good things have come from all this stuff. And I know you care about me more too, man. I care oh, yeah, more course, about you. Today. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, Alex and Morgan care about us as well. You know, we, we've had some not, good times. Not together. the same way. They, you know, they believe it. They believe it kind of in a endorphin rush, a high, something, something like that. <laughs> I, I'm talking about. You know, really true connection, Matt. You know, you and me. <laughs> I mean, you know, no. To be fair, though, I mean, you and I have been through a lot together, man. Uh, not just, not you know. Of course, we, you know, before we were, you know, married and everything like that. We, you know, we go out together and do things like that. But of course, we've seen, you know, we, we've had different uh, tragedies happen. We've had different triumphs happen. You know, just from not only a GFL perspective, but per, but personal stuff. So uh, we've kind of been together through it all, man. So it's uh it's always fun to do these podcasts. And of course, you know, uh, it's always good to do it with not just like another member of the league, but a very, very good friend at the same time. So it's always a lot of fun. Forget Alex and Morgan. We know that didn't mean anything. We had the video <laughs> evidence. We had the proof. We had our significant others on alert. So it was all transparent like we always are, but you're right, Matt, this is, this is your, this is our triumph, you know, yeah. it's really, it's, and uh, I just, it's one of the reasons I'm so excited. Uh, I don't know, endorphin rush, which I'm going to miss not doing these podcasts this year for this podcast because, you know, we won last week. We won the Garlando Bowl. We did. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Gar, if you think about it, my two Garlando Bowl trophies have been from trades, you know, par partially trades from you. Okay. So, I know. I know. You know. So, yeah, no. My DNA was on your team. And I think <laughs> it, it, was, it was a beautiful thing. For sure, without a doubt. <laughs> but Matt, you know, you, you talk. So I about guess Gar, I guess Gar, congratulations to you then. I guess congrats to you as well. <laughs> <laughs> Mazel tov to us both, Matt. <laughs> but Matt, yeah, I mean, you've come a long way. You had that Vegas, you know, first time you gamble, you go. I'm sure you won. Everyone wins the first time they go gamble and play yeah. blackjack. So you had that beginner's luck in uh, in 2013, but. Uh, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, it really means so much more when you do it. I always like to celebrate, take a moment, uh, definitely have some drinks, Matt. So I'm glad you have two of them, you know? I yeah, I do. I, yeah. Ask Joe, ask Joe about the first time he and I went to Vegas together. He's not going in that three card poker episode. He ain't going to be happy about that. You know? So yes, I definitely did win the first time 
sat right in front of Joe, got all the hands he was supposed to have. He was not a happy yeah, guy. Yeah, exactly. Was, that was definitely not his first <laughs> time. <guy>. So. <laughs> it's like the casinos know this uh, intrinsically, Matt, and that's how they, they pull us all in. I've never got Oh, yeah, they, they, rope, they rope us in that way, no question. And then they, <laughs> they keep us coming back. Uh, some people are able to break the habit. Some people, Gar, uh, are not, you know. So yeah, it's <laughs> easy, Matt, look, it's easy, it's easy for me to get obsessed with stuff. It's, and you know it's easy for you, too. So just to show everyone how obsessed with our league and fantasy football in general that Matt and I are, even though the season is now over, Matt, I spent at least seven hours myself prepping for this podcast tonight, in part by listening to our first three podcast episode of the season in their entirety for fun and to pull clips on each of our managers for our season review show tonight. Even though with our cratering ratings, I feel like tonight, Matt, is more about us than anyone else. Kind of like it has been so far already. It's always been about us. We don't care about anybody else. It's just all about us. It's all all you and me, man. We won. And as for Matt, who one (laughs) would think would have been spending the week basking in the glow of his second Garlando Bowl title, which he's done a little, but I don't think maybe enough. He decided instead to feed his GFL obsession fix, even though the games are over, spending hours updating our historical records and stat pages that he keeps, self-admittedly checking his lineup at least 50 (laughs) times, even though there is no lineup to be had this week, and even beginning to plot out next season's draft strategy with me. Matt, after learning all of that today from you, I'm not at all surprised you are ready to... And let me quote your text to me, um, quote, decompress for a few days from fantasy football because it's been a grueling, emotional kind of year. Well, it sure has, my friend. But as I told everyone on our text thread last Sunday, it really has been one of my most enjoyable fantasy seasons of the 28 now that I've done. I texted you today that in a way it's hilarious, if not a little sad, how we both willingly take on this draining GFL fantasy football burden every year. I mean, the amount of emotional, mental effort we put into our teams, the league, and this podcast is just over the top. But to me, it's all worth it to lift up our own spirits, most importantly, the league, and the couple dozen unique listeners we have left at this point on a weekly basis. We left it all on the fake fantasy football field this year, Matt, so I guess it shouldn't be surprising that you were sick for nearly every episode this season, with my health also also cratering the last few weeks as well. I think both of our families will be happy to have the real versions of us back and keep the fantasy alter egos in storage until next summer. It's clear we have both come to the end of our GFL rope for this year, my friend, but I'm ready to lace it up for one more podcast tonight to close it down. These GFL withdrawals sure are real, though, Matt. That's why, since we don't have any fantasy football going on this week, my football addict self is ready to go to Lake Charles again for the third time in five weeks on Sunday to bet on the afternoon and night games. How else am I going to pass the time on Sunday uh, with no fantasy football, childcare, or girlfriend duties to tend to? My gambling tonic may be ready to go, but let me ask you, Champ, how are you self-medicating your GFL withdrawals, and can I interest you in any of my ice cream to dull the pain? Uh, you know I'm not an ice cream partaker. I appreciate the offer, but I am not an ice cream partaker. I, I I mean, some... It's funny. You would think everyone would be, but not everyone likes ice cream. So Not obviously. everyone likes ice cream. You know, it hurts my teeth, okay? So it, let's, let's just call it that. It hurts my teeth. But um, I am going to watch football, man. That's what I'm going to do. Texans got a big game on Saturday, so I'm excited about that. And I was telling Joe. Playoffs, earlier, Matt. You called it on this show when you yeah. – uh, I just thought you were crazy for asking until – we started talking with Kevin, and I saw our schedule, and you were absolutely right. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I it went a different route than I expected. Okay, but you know, the Texans got a shot to get in the playoffs. But you know what? I can actually sit and enjoy the games for the first time in seventeen weeks or sixteen weeks or whatever it is. You know what I mean? So I'm 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 pumped for that, man. You know, and uh, uh, should be it should be a you know I have, you know who am I kidding? I've already been watching some YouTube videos on DFS and things like that, so I'm getting ready for the OT. I already am. I, I'm telling you right now, I'm, I'm already ready for the OT. You know, so I'm getting. Uh, you know, we've we've already sent. I've already sent the invites out. I've already got. Um, I've already got what we got twelve or thirteen commitments already, so we're pretty much back where we always are. We might get another couple uh, before uh, before the game starts. So might have 14, 15 guys in this year, which would be unreal if we can. And don't get me wrong, I've already been watching strategies and I've already been watching videos on how to you know set lineups and things like that. So uh, who who am I kidding to think I'm gonna have a week off? I'm a degenerate just like everybody else in this league. Uh, I, I, it, it never sleeps. It I never was about sleeps. to say Matt, or I was gonna call you Mac Mattel Brantley. I mean, <laughs> I, you're not you're not him. You're you can't you're not just gonna walk off into the sunset. You know, no. Uh, you just you, I mean, you have OT. You've got too much going on. So you are yeah. not gonna you're, you're not gonna Michael Brantley for the next six months, Matt. You'll still be involved with it. Every day, whether it's uh, the OT or doing your research, um, you're in it, man. Well, you know, the one thing I was, uh, I'm very keen to not repeat is when I won championship in 2013, I just thought it was, you know, you know how the first couple of my seasons went, I thought it was going to come easy. So I didn't, I had a horrible draft. Uh, I, I, I just pretty much set myself up for just failure from the start. You know, I didn't do any research, obviously, because I didn't, hadn't done it before. Uh, I want to rectify that this year. I've got a real good keeper, whether it's Puka, whether it's Kyron. Um, you know, I honestly really don't know anymore because Puka has been so good. It's kind of making me, you know, question my decision, my initial thought of keeping Kyron. So I really have no idea what's going on with that. But, um, you know, I don't want to, you know, it's a good problem to have. It's a good problem to have. Yeah. You know, we've never had a repeat champion, uh, in this league and, um, you know, it gives me something to shoot for. So I'm, I'm definitely, you know, uh, ready to you know try to run it back it's really hard to do that i mean this person is like it's almost impossible to do that so uh but i still want to give a good account for myself have a good draft get myself set up and ready to go and uh you know we'll see what happens but yeah i definitely don't want to repeat what happened in uh, 2014 uh when i came in you know uh, i think jamal charles might have played four games for me that year and it was just terrible you know just just a horrible <laughs> you but matt you're basically saying you're trying to find that chip you know you had that chip uh. this year the chip on your shoulder for doing so bad so it's like you just want to maintain that rocky edge. So really, oh I no, I, I, I've still got it. Don't get me wrong, because I, you know, my 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 mindset now is, I'm I've got my second championship, and that's awesome. That puts you in a very um, elite company in this league, right? Well, there's still one. There's still two elite guys in this league that that need to be caught, and that's Nick and that's Troy, and I'm coming for them both. Okay, so I'm I'm not trying to just be you know, uh, one other manager here. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get myself up in the upper, upper, upper echelon of managers here. So I'm, I'm ready to go, man. I'm, I'm you know, give me, uh, once I have my six months off or whatever it is after this is all said and done, um, I'm definitely not coming overconfident. I'm ready. I'll be ready to go for next year. No question. I'll be ready. To go oh man. I mean, we, it seems like Matt is almost, uh, uh, prognosticating a a, di- a Matt Dynasty era coming, so we'll <laughs> you heard it here first, Matt. We'll see how it goes. But no, it's you're always ready to compete. You get better every year, so um, you know it's interesting how uh, Nick is just so good every year. It's so. incredible. 
It's uh, just incredible. Yeah, it is. And so um, I think you have, I think, you know, you and I, if we really did the best we possibly could, we have the potential to be maybe 75% of that, you know? So Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Nick, Nick has a 65% win, uh, 65% win percentage in this league. He's 78 and 42. over yeah, the it's entire just, it's prepo- it's That's prepo- incredible. Prepo- if you look at most other teams, they're like 80, you know, the ones who have been in it for 12 years, they're like 85, 74, 84, 75, 83, 76. So the, the variance in wins and losses is, you know, maybe plus minus 10, something like that, right? Nick is 78 and 42. He's 30, what is that? 36 games over 500. That's disgusting. Okay. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, I just, and he's, it's not like he's been in it for once. He's, this is his ninth season, you know? I mean, it's just, I'm uh, just, you know, just incredible what he's done. But yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm still like, man, that's 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 where my that's where my motivation is here. I'm just, I'm still coming for you, man. You know, I'm still coming for both for for everybody. So, I, uh, you know, I, I, I've got a, I've got a, I got a, I still have a point to prove, basically that, you know, that it, not that this was this was not a fluke. I, I didn't, you know, I told you how I did my research, but, um, you know, I'm trying to rectify what happened in 2014 when I was just dog shit, you know. So I, I've got. You know, I've, I've got I've got a point to prove. Oh, and you you proved it, my friend, and uh, it's well deserved. Now we say that the teams that deserve to win it the most, you can really see. So it was easy mm-hmm. to see that you were you were probably going to win it because of what uh, what you put into it. So um, good for you. You know, as far as I wanted to say one more thing on Nick. I mean, t- why I said that you and I or any good fantasy manager can only be seventy five percent of what Nick is is just. Assuming he continues this, which he very well can and probably will, oh. is oh, that yeah. sometimes you know people just go in and always win at slots. People just have a propensity to do anything, just naturally, any artist or whatever. Nick has that it thing that just helps him win. It's kind of an aura. I think it's kind of an aura. That fantasy sports aura. <laughs> yeah, so he he's got it, and uh, you know he works hard too. But I mean, no one outworks you, for example. But I mean, you or me are not going to be how Nick's been for this ten years, you know. So, <laughs> and you know, <laughs> it's interesting best- how that is, but. I I do agree, Matt, and, and you know, too, and anyone knows that the harder you work in anything, including fantasy sports, the more it's going to pay off. So uh, it paid off. And, and, you know, the best managers in this league usually have really good teams. Now, whether you have wins or losses that, are, that you know, go along with that uh, is a different story. I mean, look, Janowski, right? He's a great manager. He works. He does a lot of research, works really hard. He's been a little unlucky with his, you know, he's scored a lot of points, but he's just not won as many games, you know, so he's going to be there though. You, we know he's going to win a title at one point because he's, he's too good of a manager not to, you know what I mean? Like we know that's going to happen, you know, and, um, that'll probably be the worst day of my life, but it is what it is. Okay. Yeah. And he's good just uh, like us, but none of us are doing what Nick's doing out there. No. Know? And, but, but Nick, man, a, you know, I'm not sure if it's a strategy thing or if he just knows these players really well because he does so much fantasy. I think he does. <laughs> it's it's, I mean, something, I don't know more, how it's many... something more, man. I think it's just something more. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, all you can say is just he's just Mr. Papa Giorgio. You know, that's that's what he is. You know, and that's that's what it comes along. Yeah, with the Papa today. Giorgio. He's got the no. he's got the aura, the magnetism, something. Yeah, you know, and no, no, but good. For, you know, look. Like, oh, I mean, yeah, I won, but you know, congrats! It's a major congrats to the league. We had a real good season this year overall, you know. And then, you know, I, you know, my team, um, you know, you were, you know, the one thing that's going to be really cool is I went over this earlier today. We've got so many strong keepers this this season that next season we're going to have some really really good teams provided teams draft well. You know, where you've got. Uh, you know, you've got C.J. Stroud as a keeper. You got Kyler Murray as a keeper. You got A. Chain as a keeper. Uh, you've got myself with um, what you call it with uh, 
Kyron or Puka as keepers. I would imagine Nick's going to keep Jaden Reed, which is a great keeper. Uh, Tank Dell's a good keeper. I think Lane has Rishi Rice maybe as a keeper. So we've got unbelievable keepers. Yeah, I believe he does. We've got unbelievable keepers. I'm sure I've left out a couple, so sorry for the um, – So not too many, Jay- Matt. Good job. Yeah, Jay has Jordan Love, you know. So these are all really good keepers across the league, and this is kind of what you see when there's a changing of the guard, right? Because uh, there is going to be – this next year's draft is going to be unlike any that I that I can really recall because there's a massive changing of the guard in the NFL in terms of fantasy, in terms of who's contributing and who's not. You're going to see probably upwards of eight or nine draft picks that were first-round draft picks in our league this year will drop to either two or three Um you know, next season, you're going to see people take their place. So uh, going to be a really interesting draft uh, in 2024. You're right, Matt. It is a change of the guard in a lot of ways, and definitely at the quarterback position where uh, it looks like Stroud and Love are really starting to uh, emerge and looks like the future of the position. I mean, I, I'm not surprised by this development at all. What do you think about it? Jordan Love sucks still, okay? Don't give me that crap. He's, he's not going to have like 30, almost 35 touchdown passes this year. He is like the Blake Bortles of – Blake Bortles one, one year was like a top – I think they're going to win the – they're going to win the division maybe. Oh, God, stop it with this. Because Blake Bortles is like a top 10 fantasy quarterback, but he got all of his points in garbage time, right? Jordan Love is not – right now, he's not – he's okay. He's For fantasy reasons, he's done decently, right? Yeah, he's, he's like number just, seven overall points or something, you know. He's just not that good as a regular <laughs> quarterback, man. He's just not. So, you know, I, I mean – He's very toolsy, though, Matt. He's got a big body, a good-looking body, good-looking arm. I mean, he can move a little bit. I mean, you know, he's got tools. I mean, I mean, he, uh, yeah, sure, I guess. You know, and I, I just – I don't know, man. I just I don't believe in Green Bay that much, to be honest with you. I don't think they're that good of a football team. I think they, you know, but I mean, could he be good? Yeah, he could, you know. But I mean, I'm going to take the same opinion I have with C.J. Stroud. Okay, C.J. Stroud has had a great rookie year, a great rookie year. Okay, but we got to see how he is in year two and year three before we can really anoint this guy as you know as the second coming. And I know Houston fans are all pumped, and I'm pumped too. I, I you know, and I was, I'll self admit, I don't think I didn't think he was going to be very good. And I've told you that a million times, you know, but. I'm glad to be proven wrong, and I hope he continues his development. But you know, we got to see how it happen, what happens the year after, because Vince Young won the won the MVP his rookie year and was out of the league like two years later. You know, so we have to see what happens. But um, Jordan, that, that, Love, I, have to, I have to Gar Snopes you on that. Uh, yeah, with the yeah. rope around you. I mean, Vince, yeah. Vince Young, I think made the Pro Bowl. He wasn't winning MVPs. I thought he was an off, or maybe it was the rookie of the year. I'm sorry, maybe it was rookie of the year. Yeah, he might have. He might have done that. That's he what I meant to say. I'm sorry. Rookie, not MVP, rookie of the year. I'm sorry. That's right. Year. And so, um, you know, we got to see how it goes, man. Uh, you know, Jordan Love, um, you know, I don't think Brock Purdy is that great, you know, but Brock Purdy is an MVP conversation. I think he's just got great weapons around him. Uh, Jordan Love's got a lot of accuracy issues, um, but if he can get those under control and maybe get some, I don't know how good his weapons really are around him. I mean, they, they seem like they're okay, but, you know, I think they need a running game and defensively they're terrible. But uh, if he can get some better weapons and he can continue to improve, then, yeah, I got no problem going back on that. But right now, uh, I think for Jay, I think he's a great keeper in nine. I will say that. I think he is a great keeper in round nine, you know, because I think he'd be probably about a – I think he'd be one of those fifth or sixth round draft picks next year is, what I, is my opinion, uh, like kind of like the Jared Goff situation this year or something like that, you know. But uh, I think for Jay, I think he's got a good keeper in nine. I don't know if he's going to, you know, use that as his only quarterback or not, but we'll find out. 
Yeah. Uh, no, uh, we, we, we will, Matt, it's looking good, uh, stat wise, but you're right over, over time. We'll see, we'll see the true, the, the true development right. of it. Right. Anyway, well, Matt, real quick. I mean, you were talking about, um, you know, I asked you uh, what you're, uh, what you're doing to, uh, self-medicate, you know? And so, you know, it's been, <laughs> you're going to miss the endorphin rush of this podcast, aren't you? I know I will. Yeah, I will, you know, and, and you know, it, it's been a hard, this year has been harder than most because we've had a, our schedules are, you know, I'm, of course I'm back working now. So I, you know, I kind of have to maneuver my schedule. I, I can't do it at three o'clock in the afternoon when my kid's asleep and, you know, I got two, uh, two, two and a half hours or whatever it is to get this done, you know? So we've had to really, we had to go to the late night schedule. Um, but I, I, I will miss the podcast because they are a lot of fun and it gives us a chance to uh, just, banter and talk about of course fantasy football we can talk about real football and everything else in between you know so it will be you know what it's time for a break but i'll miss it at the same time you know what i mean (laughs) i was thinking out a phrase that you you phrased it perfectly it's it's an escape and endorphin rush at all the same time but yeah it is uh we try to put out great material and stuff and it is in our own narcissistic mind so uh you know we it's definitely it's definitely time for a break so yeah uh, it gives us more time for for other things matt invest time and and things that can really uh you know, help our, help our lives and help our situation. So uh, one thing for you that uh, I know you even, you've even sacrificed having to do the show because we heard it on air is uh, spousal relations. So I really think that our, our families are going to, you know, we'll have more family uh, time potential. And I think that's going to really <laughs> help, help our cause. I mean, we will, but then again, at the same time, I, I've got a feeling you and I will be on the phone talking about DFS for the next four weeks. We won't be doing podcasts, but I'm sure we'll have our own conversations about that. <laughs> and then we've got, then, uh, then we've got March madness coming up. And shortly after that it's baseball season. And then, you know, we have the trade deadline. I texted you today about July 30th. So I know you and I will be doing that day. And then the weeks in, in, in the, yeah, the weeks prior to that. And who knows what other kind of random ass uh, draft you're going to come up with this this off season for you to partake in or whatever it is too. So, uh, we'll Matt, you know. when there's not a real draft going, you just create fake historical drafts, and it's uh, it's quite the endorphin rush uh, as well. And I Absolutely. I got 14 yeah. disciples with me to do a uh, a uh, fantasy all time NBA draft uh, last year, and uh, for free, Matt. And it took four days to do because we did it through text. So yeah, uh, I, I know that we were we were tracking. I guess how you're long just not you're just not hardcore, man. I no, apparently not. <laughs> apparently, apparently not. You know, but <laughs> you know what is going to be hardcore, man? Is this uh, this 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 podcast we've got coming up here is going to be ridiculously hardcore. Gonna... We're doing mm-hmm. we're doing both we're doing both leagues tonight, I believe. Right? We're doing GFC and, and VFC uh, uh, recaps for the season. Is that right or what? Absolutely, man. We're going to show. Uh, everything that, that we put into this. And, uh, and just like you were saying, Matt, we're going to continue to put into this. So I guess what we're saying to our, uh, to our significant other is, you know, we're still going to, there's going to be Matt and Gar time. We're going to play hard to get, yeah, whether that's on the podcast or otherwise. So hey, I think Matt, that's you know, good in any relationship, Matt. You just can't be totally available all the time. Then it's just, no, Gar, and that's, you know, you got to make a room work, okay? Where's and that's real. You know, and distance makes the heart grow fonder. And we've, uh, you know, we're, we're working on that distance and everything like that, but we're also working on the fact that, you know, we're still trying to get, uh, our, our, you know, when we have to go into the old folks home, if we both get divorced, you know, you for maybe potentially a second time, see how things go eventually for you. But, 
uh, you know, I'm working on my first, so fingers crossed. But uh, you know, we'll. Uh, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be one and done, Matt. You know, <laughs> one and done. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So put me on the record there. We'll have a lot of podcasts from here here till then, Matt. So we'll be able to go go. Uh, Garlias fact check me, okay? Hey man, whatever works, dude. So uh, yeah, but, but Matt, Matt, for this year, I mean, we sure did have a lot of great and classic moments on the podcast this season, mm-hmm. including. My dating triumphs and uh, the end of my uh, seven-month uh, sex drought announcement uh, to our fucking John in the studio intern saga, the Alex and Morgan Ronco vibrator and dildo demos, the quick shot flashlight revelation, having nearly 20 minutes of one of our episodes censored by Apple, and of course, our commitment to the cause of Garland and building our own fantasy football utopia republic in part as a response to that Apple censorship. Matt, it's been quite a maiden podcast voyage for us on Apple this season. And that's not even including the weeks of effort, trial, and error it took us novice, technologically limited laymen just to figure out how to get a podcast on Apple to begin with. Oh, God. <laughs> so, so of all the fun and inspiring moments we had, though, in the podcast this season, Matt, does anything really compare to that moment right after we recorded last week's Orlando Bowl Media Day episode with Mike Wilson and Eric Grawl, where that episode was Riverside resurrected right before our very eyes? I mean, that was a total rush. I thought you were going to leave that out, and I was going to bring it up. I was going to say, Gar, don't forget about last week, you know. Oh, yeah. uh, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, but maybe just, you know, talk about the season, though, and I'll talk a little bit about uh, what happened because uh, and then I want to get your response to it because I want to give you my recollection of it and you tell me how you were feeling in comparison so but just talk about what I was talking about right before that of uh, uh, of all those the moment you know all this the bits we've done this year and just uh, you know just enjoying it and just uh, uh, you know playing playing our parts and uh, you know just really enjoying what enjoying the podcast in the moment for what it is you know yeah I know you know, I know guys. I know the guys who are listening. Who you know, I, I know y'all think we're crazy, but we've got to come up with some stuff to keep it. And you know, not only to keep it's more commercial. To keep Matt, we want to make this a commercial cause. You know, yeah, it has we've got to be you know, if it's long... gonna if we're gonna build a garland. So if we, they want us to do that kind of work, <laughs> we can't do that with nothing in our coffers. You know, no. And the thing about it though is we've got to not we we could certainly come on here and talk football and. And fantasy football, and I know that's what a lot of people want to hear and shit like that. I, I get it, okay? And we do obviously talk a lot about that stuff, okay? But we, Gar and I have to keep ourselves entertained at the same time, too. So we'll come up with some bits. Whether y'all like them or not, it's irrelevant, okay? We do it for, a lot of it's for ourselves, you know? And, and to keep ourselves entertained, that way we don't... motivate the leaders. The exactly. That way, we, you and me. that way we don't get bored with our own self, you know, and everything like that. Now, sometimes they work. Sometimes we beat it into the ground way more than we should. Uh, sometimes we're hitting a quota for our for significant others. That's mainly Gar. Uh, but overall, you know, it's been a um, yeah. This has been a fun se- a fun a fun podcast season because they've gotten exponentially longer. Okay, which is fine. <laughs> I don't give a shit, you know. But it's uh, it's been good because I think our topics that we've been talking about when we get to football have been pretty good. 
Uh, the bits have been pretty good. I mean, I know we've kind of run them into the ground. I know, <laughs> I know, I know we've done that. Okay, but it is what it is. You know, I know the John thing was. Uh, I didn't think that was ever going to take off like it did, but I guess it did, man. That was, that was just a. a I mean, you're wearing for... it, Matt, right? I mean, you ordered yeah. your underwear. I guess it hasn't come in yet. With you know, and then John we've got you know, Gar. Mine on the back. Gar did a good job on that. Like, he did, and. And then we've got, you know, of course, we've got our, you know, our, our sponsorship deals, quote unquote. And then we've got, you know, the, uh, of course, Gar meeting his quota, you know, every single week. And then, you know, just different stuff like that. So I, I know y'all think we're crazy. And I know, I, I'm sure we could shorten the podcast by probably, you know, 20 minutes if we just went straight into football. And we could, but the fluff is more for us. And if y'all got to fast forward it, so be it, man. But uh, if you guys find it funny, then that's great too, I guess. You know, but, but if you it's know, more it's like, we're, we're like, I watched Chappelle, uh, Dave Chappelle perform uh, recently. And he's just, he has no, you know, he's not going to make any apologies, Matt. He's just going to be, he's going to be who he is. So th- this, this podcast is going to be what this podcast is because <laughs> it's our podcast, Matt. <laughs> it is. I mean, and, and, and we have it, dozens it, and dozens of unique listeners for some reason tune in so if the league yeah. does it i mean you know the league you could you could fast forward and in garland matt you're allowed to fast forward but you need to listen <laughs> to at least the football part and i think we need to make sure we adopt that in our Garth yeah Garth you know and and you know it's in the gar can, and the gar mandments and stuff and, and here's the thing though too right is that if, if if you don't like it you can certainly fast forward it and that's totally fine but I just challenge someone to come up with the same with, with content for 18 weeks in a row. I challenge you guys. I challenge someone to do that. And it's not easy sometimes, you know, because we do put a lot of, we, you know, yeah, we're not writing um, nine page essays anymore. Right. Which is great. Okay. But uh, you know, it does take a little bit of time to come up with the questions and come up with the stats and, and, and kind of have the whole thing flow. And especially when we have guest appearances, which are, which were awesome this year. I think Grodd did great. Kevin was awesome. Mike was great last week. Uh, Jay was awesome as well, and um, I think that was it, right? Things we had those that was it this season. Is that right? Or, or no? Yeah, I believe. So. Yeah, so we had those, and that was it. Was a lot of fun. Next season, we're def- I think next season, I think we can get a couple more on. I, th- I don't think we did enough guest guest appearances this year. I think we can get a couple more next season. You know, I think we can do that, and then. But we did uh, a good but- job, Matt. I mean, more anything, more everything. Congratulations on a good season, on a, an amazing season. I think it just gives us something even more to more to aspire to for for next yeah. year. I mean, look, this was definitely my best team that I've ever had. Uh, well, no, I'm sorry. That's not true. I, I mean, I guess it is because it's a team I won with. I think my team in 2019 um, was better when I, you know, because if Antonio Brown wasn't just an idiot, I would have had Antonio Brown, Tyreek Hill, Nick Chubb, and Lamar Jackson. I mean, it was a monstrosity of a team is what it was, you know. But, um, you know, this team, man, they're going to be right up there when we do tournament champions next time around. It's probably going to be a few years before they get in. This is going to be a team that can win it all. You know, this team was just lethal. Um, I mean, they, I'm on a nine-game win streak, which is what the t- I think it's tied for the best of all time. Uh, I don't know if it carries over into 2024 or not. I'm not sure if I win the first game, if that changes. I'm not sure how that works with uh, with Young. I don't, I don't know. But, you know, I mean, it's one of those where – let me see. Here. I have actually – yeah, of course you know me. I have stats for this stuff. So, uh, <laughs> you know – And not just time, one. Not just one, I'm sure. No, I got plenty of them too. Third most points of all time, average throughout the throughout the playoffs. Nine game win streak. I only scored under 115 points once since week nine, which is kind of the best stretch that we've ever had. Uh, of course, you know, 
I'm not, and this is me toot my own horns the last time, the last time I'll ever do this for this year, but, uh, you know, Kyron Williams and Puka Nakua are the four, you know, around, uh, what is it? 14 and 15 respectively. I don't know if we're ever going to see though, that, that kind of production of around 14 and 15 ever again, you know, I'm not sure if we're ever going to see that, you know, and then, um, maybe in years that we're having changing of the guards, but you got two guys in those positions and Puka was the second to last pick in the draft. He's going to be a first round draft pick next season. He will be. You know, and it's crazy to think about that. Uh, you know, I only had scored on 100 points four times last year, including the playoffs, which is third of all time. Uh, scored over 120 points nine times, tied for second of all time. Um, second largest, you mentioned earlier about the margin of victory in the playoff and in the title game. Um, you know, just a good season, man. A real good season for me. And, you know, even I'll, 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 make, the, I'll make the plug one last time. I did lose Nick Chubb, okay, so – uh, even better, the fact that you know I went down my first round draft pick and still able to come away with the title. So, uh, all good stuff for me, man. When the tournament champions comes up, this will be a this will definitely be a team to 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 reckon with whenever that comes back around. Matt's referring to something he did on the podcast pre-Apple when we used to send uh, audio files just by uh, email last year. Matt yeah. uh, looked at all the uh, previous, I guess at the time, uh, ten or eleven uh, t- championship teams, and we uh, had a tournament. Uh, and uh, each each week, Matt and I would uh, would go th- would go through it, or maybe we just did it in the last episode. Uh, but uh, it was it was really interesting to go back and look at each team and look at how they were doing points wise and who they had and how they were doing at the time. So mm-hmm. uh, it was a fun exercise. And when Matt won that, we were joking uh, the last couple of days. I, I told him, I was like, "This is time to update update that turn- tournament of champions." Uh, since uh, yeah. reeling off some of these statistics to me, so uh, I mean, I've, uh, I've I feel still like got... we'll have we'll have another one now, Matt, sooner rather than later, probably in the next four years, because you want. Yeah, to we had ten teams up. in it. It's all, ten about teams. You. it's all about you, Matt. It is, of course. It was our ten. Uh, it might have been our ten year anniversary, uh, maybe something like that. Yeah, I think it was. And so um, this one, uh, well, you know, maybe uh, maybe won't wait as long. I don't know if we'll wait till twenty, but it'll still be a. It'll still maybe you know it'll still be fun whenever we do it again next time. It should be fun, you know. Absolutely. Um, now, Matt, uh, you know, you, you were going on about your team and how you improved as a manager. I was talking about. I was also what I was really congratulating on is just you as the Matt, the podcaster. Uh, my uh, <laughs> my business partner and I, Regina, she always wonders what I'm doing back here in my office uh, with these podcasts. <laughs> so we were in Galveston together a couple of days ago. Uh, heard me in Houston drive, driving around with Elliot, uh, my other business partner, Elliot, and his family, too. And so I was like, hey, Virginia, you want to listen to, to my podcast? So she put, I put it on, and Matt, she's a fan. She said we, we sounded very uh, professional, and she liked our rapport and kind of how you sounded, too. I was like, you should see him in person. I'm a beautiful man. I'm a very good-looking man, obviously. Um, you know, so I, I understand. I appreciate the plug. Oh, <laughs> uh, I told her, I said, I promise you, he looks a lot worse than his voice. She really likes his voice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what have we, what have we been saying since week one or actually since the start of it? We have uh, faces for radio. Okay. So it works out well for us, uh, that we're doing podcasts without videos on. And, um, I, I'm surprised that your, I guess your business partner, uh, it depends on what episode you played because if, if uh, she's hearing about the double-headed dildo and the quick shot and all that other kind of stuff, then I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. 
<laughs> you know, I actually, Matt, I censored myself and I played one of the, uh, I played one of the early episodes uh, before you did. the sponsors, yeah, before, <laughs> before Allie. Oh man, I, um, I'm climbing the over on the alley. Yep. You know, alley yep. over yep. under, I think I might hit that before too long. Well, at least you haven't, you haven't ruined the podcast by playing the national anthem yet. So that's fine. At least you <laughs> In the back of your mind, Matt, you probably thought there's at least a 30% chance that could happen tonight. Oh, I, I was really worried that the first thing you were going to put out to tonight was the national anthem. Like, oh, <laughs> oh no, no. Allie, Allie's run, run her course, Matt. And we're not talking about her anymore. I, I think I just hit the over Matt of Allie references. Yeah. I, I uh, I'm sure that woman probably thinks I hate her, but I don't even know who she is. <laughs> Y'all be fast friends, uh, I'm sure, when you actually meet. So, and we can all we can all talk it through the three of us. We'll all talk. It I'm through. sure. I'm sure. We <laughs> we Where can. all this comes from on the podcast, you know? So, yeah, we Matt, can. I want to go back. I want to go back to to uh, last week after the show. So Riverside, as most people know, listen to the show is the app. Matt and I used to record the podcast before matt gets the necessary rss feed to upload each episode episode to spotify and then eventually apple so we learned the hard way from the now lost in the podcast ether episode 34 our first attempt to record on riverside that when someone drops off the riverside app phone call before matt who is the host ends it we lose the entire audio of that person which in the episode 34 case was Graw. Mm-hmm. For those of you who didn't listen to last week's episode, there was a moment a little over an hour into the podcast where something went haywire and we couldn't hear Graw and we started talking about that on the show. And I also noticed it looked like Mike Wilson, I didn't say this, but I noticed this, may have dropped from the call because his box on the Riverside app, uh, we all had boxes to show that we were on the call as you're looking at the screen, that showed he was on the call looked like. Uh, it had reset because it had a countdown going, kind of like how Matt does a countdown before the show starts. We get to see on mm-hmm. that same countdown was going for Mike there that looked like it was bringing him back on the call or could have been. And then to make matters worse, the clock recording the time of the podcast that we can all see when recording on the app reset on Riverside from over an hour back to zero. And then it started playing again. So. I told Matt, Mike, and Eric through text right after the recording that I would be pleasantly surprised if the show was recorded in full. And to my despair, about 10 minutes later, Matt texted me and said it looked like we didn't have his or Mike Wilson's audio. Right. Gutted. I called Matt immediately, and we commiserated for a few minutes on what we thought would probably be another lost episode, like number 34, due to technical difficulties. So frustrating for such a big episode. Suddenly, though, after feeling the ultimate low, a wave of optimism came over me, and I told Matt, you know, since none of us actually intentionally got off the call, maybe Riverside will will update the file later tonight or tomorrow with everything we need. And lo and behold, Garstrodamus was in full effect. And no more than about two minutes later, Matt said he looked again on Riverside, and they had added 12 more minutes to the recording, staying on the phone. Uh, I just couldn't, I had to see it through with Matt. Matt and I combed through and listened to samples of all the different sections of the show. And to our ecstasy, it was all intact. What a relief that was, Matt. I will never forget that moment on the drive that night from my GFL recording (laughs) studios at my office when we knew we had the full recording. I was, I, I remember I was on the elevated ramp overlooking the city of Houston going from 610 South heading home on 59. And I was screaming on the phone with you like we had just won the Super Bowl. 
possibly yelling even louder than when my ex-wife admitted her extracurricular activities to me. I am always going to relish that one shiny moment podcast we had together, Matt. I think everyone now knows how it made me feel, but how did that moment in, in your life ring for you, Matt? I mean, besides marriage and children, it had to be uh, right up there. I mean, you, I mean, you heard uh, for me, obviously. I mean, the, the, how, how loud I yelled, you know, I mean, I hadn't yelled that loud since, I mean, I mean, you need a re I'll need a reason to yell. And that was reason to yell. I was really happy. Well, it's probably, you haven't probably yelled that loud since your third day with Allie, more than likely. All right. So, uh, let's <laughs> this but uh no i mean that was really cool actually because i yeah i texted you did she tell uh, you i'm the one who does the yelling matt yeah i mean i go i'm I'm sure you do the yelling and the crying okay i'm sure both happens but uh you gotta feel you gotta feel it all matt i'm in touch i know you're an emotional guy you're not but you should be guy you're you're in touch with your emotions and i'm proud of you for it you know but uh, it was, yeah, it was actually a really cool moment. I, I know y'all think we're crazy about saying this and it doesn't sound like it was, but you know, that episode, the media day is a really big episode for us just because, you know, it, it's, it's right before the Garlanda Bowl and the Garlanda Bowl is such a big day in, uh, in the, for the league. And so when I texted Gar, I was like, Hey dude, I think we lost some of the audio and, uh, and we were both disappointed and he, you were like, well, you know, and you were kind of, you weren't surprised, you know, and you, you mentioned that night and, and, uh, you explained to me what you explained to everybody else just now. And, you know, because I told you we only had an hour and 10 minutes of, uh, of, the, of the episode on Riverside. And it was at least an hour and 30, I thought it was. But then, you know, of course, yeah, man, we got an hour, we got 15, 12, 15 minutes back. And, you know, we were definitely going through it. And we, I, remember, I remember us uh, waiting anxiously, like watching a, like, like a, like a watch pot, waiting for it to boil, for Mike Wilson's sweet, sweet voice to come on that air. And once it did, man, you were... We were, we were super pumped. Dude. It was a really cool moment, man. I, I, know, I know it sounds stupid. I, I know it sounds really dumb I, I, and everything like that. I get it, but it was, really, it was really a lot of fun. It was really cool. Yeah. What were you doing, Matt? I was giving the fist pump, I think. Um, I was. I got out the quick shot right after that and, you know, took care of, took care of what I had to take care of. You know, that's what I did. <laughs> yeah. You were lucky you were at home. I had to wait, like, you know, six, seven minutes to do the that's so funny. We're so in tune, Matt. It's so crazy, you know. I mean, if you're if you can't do the quick shot and drive, girl, you're an amateur. I don't understand what's wrong with you. <laughs> quick shot and drive. Oh, this, like I said, Matt. Parts of this podcast season is make, is make me aspire to even greater things, as great as we've been. Now, hearing that from you, I mean, I'm gonna keep that eye of the tiger and keep working too. <laughs> oh man, well, Gar, we are. <laughs> 50 minutes in. Do we have any football to talk about yet? Or are we, are we, are we still, what are we doing now? <laughs> oh, man. so you ready to start the show? That was a good, I guess so. I guess, I guess you've catered to my narcissistic tendency for four, 50 minutes and four seconds now. So I, I certainly do appreciate the, uh, the massive shout out. And, uh, but yeah, let's, let's recap some teams, man. I know, I know people are probably tired of, if they haven't fast forward already, they've uh, they've either stopped listening or uh, or they they're trying to find out when they were talking about something else. So let's let's give them something else to listen to. It was low lying fruit, man. I just had to feed you, and you just kept going with it. It was your it was your night, man. Congratulations, champ. I appreciate it, man. It's been a long time coming. I'm very excited, and I'm looking forward to next year as well. <laughs> Always remember, it's our show. We it did is. It. It is. It is. Congrats, anyway. guys, Gar, congrats to you, man. Congrats to you as well. Okay, I mean, <laughs> you know, you had to uh, you had to overtake the uh, the media day by answering your own questions last week, and now you're taking uh, now you're 
you know, stealing my thunder on the title by claiming it's yours as well. So congratulations, Ben. I'm, I'm proud of you. All right. <laughs> what is what a season? What a season it's been. And yeah. Matt, Matt, I think it's time. Let's start taking a look back. So all right, let's do it. Uh, we alluded to this a little earlier, Matt. This was quite the undertaking to complete. But again, if I can give my narc my narcissistic self an excuse to listen to my own voice in our podcast again, I'm not going to turn that down. And uh, it's kind of funny. We were talking a few weeks ago about putting an over under on how many episodes you were sick this season, Matt. And I can now report <laughs> that you were three for three on the first three episode I listened to. So the over seems almost like a shoe in for you and your various illnesses. You know, Matt, you have to be the most unhealthy, healthy, physical, physical specimen. I know. Uh, I appreciate that. Carl. Yes, I, I do take good care of my body, but apparently internally, uh, it's not the same. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, man. You look the part, and for for our purposes on this show, that's all. That's all that matters, you know. Hey, that's all that matters. Yeah, <laughs> we look the we, we look the part with our radio voices, bad. So, how many? Gar, do you have a number of how many episodes I was actually sick? Do you actually have a number? Or, or no, no, I'm three for three. So, but I, if, oh. I'm knowing me, man, it's so convenient on Apple in my car. I'll I'll keep going, and I'll, I'll I can do that for you. So we can Garlias can report back. I got you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. <laughs> so I'll put I'll put that on uh yeah, a gar clauses list to, to give you over the offseason. Uh, all right, and the, that that'll work for me. I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> so I did this on last year's season finale as well when we like I said did the email audio files uh before we stepped up to the big time on Apple. And I must say, it is fun to take a trip down memory lane to before the season started. And uh, listen to our hits and misses on profiling and previewing all 18 teams in this league. So, without further ado, Matt, let's take a trip in the GFL way back machine to the preseason and for our team previews week one and play a little GFL back to the future and see how we did prophesizing the season. Are you ready to play, Matt? Let's do it, baby. I'm ready. Okay, so um, since this is our show, I thought we'd start with the uh, GFC. Naturally. Naturally. Okay, so let me cue it up here. Um, First team we're going to go over, Matt, is uh, Jay. And what I'm trying to do, guys, and Matt Matt and I talked about this, uh, keep each one to about one minute, just the best of one minute. Matt, I also took some notes on other things we said so we didn't bog it down and me finding the clips and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, so. and then we'll just, uh, we'll just kind of discuss it and uh, see what we did. Some of it's you. Matt, you had some great analysis. You, I, I, as I looked through it, you had better analysis than me. So uh, uh, I guess I was trying to add a lot of humor. So, I mean, surprise, surprise. So uh, uh, I would say the majority of these clips are you, but most of them, of course, have me chiming in too. For some Fair enough. <laughs> semi or not, not humorous. Well, I love hearing my own voice, so let's let's. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's listen to uh, our na- our analysis of uh, of Jay. Hey, uh, he went he went very wide receiver heavy. That uh, I know. I'm looking at this again. Incredible. Four very early. Four four wide receivers in the first five picks. He's got Jefferson, McLaurin, Pittman Jr., and Ayuk. 
uh, Justin Herbert, um, and then he follows it up with some uh, interesting running back selections, and then it kind of tailspins from there, just like a very typical typical shape draft. That's what it is. Um, I think the ratio of wide receivers and Jaeger bombs the first five rounds really matched up there. You know, he's got a... <laughs> so there's some, there's some of our analysis on uh, Jay. So, uh, you know, you just really weren't high on his running back situation. No. And, uh, I mean, you just couldn't believe how long he waited to draft a running back. So, uh, yeah, I... did, it, did, it, did it cost Jay? No, he had a good team. But it's just, you know, I guess Matt's questioning the construction. So he just couldn't quite get it done this year. Well, I mean, Jay, uh, you know, Jay could have, he could honestly, he could have repeated if Justin Jefferson was healthy all year long, you know, he really could have. But um, what I don't understand, right, Jay had all those receivers, okay, all those receivers. He had Pittman, uh, McLaurin, Ayuk, Jefferson. How he did not parlay that into a trade earlier in the season, I do not know. You know, I don't understand that because, you know, you have, you had your running backs for Samaje Perrin. And Javante Williams, who and I, and I told you how much I did not like those back-to-back picks. I told you that I just did not like it. Okay, and I don't understand why after Ike's first game or or anyone's first real good game could have been Ike, could have been McLaurin, Pittman, whomever. Right? There were teams out there that needed receivers. I don't understand why Jay did not parlay that into a um, uh, some type of trade for a running back early. I'm talking about like week three, week two, something like that. You know, so uh, don't understand that. Um, Still probably worked out for him in the end because, you know, Jefferson got hurt. But, you know, I think he could have, you know, potentially, you know, but he's not going to know that at that time. So it is what it is. But, you know, that's what I'm surprised at. I think that, that was that, – I think that's where Jay um, – Jay had a, still a good season. And Jay always has teams that score good points, you know, so he drafts really well. It's just you – know, I think he missed an opportunity there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, sometimes uh, Jay is, is proactive. Uh, uh, he's not a non-proactive manager. He proposed right. the uh, trade I was going to accept, uh, uh, Taylor for Jefferson, if I could have done that other trade with Trent that didn't go through. So he proposed yeah. a, great, a great one to me. Um, he knew he had a good team, and uh, Williams is playing well. And uh, sometimes when things are going well, you're just kind of not looking to – uh, deal, but man, when when he needs to deal, Jay's great at uh, constructing. Uh, uh, he can be very he can be very good at constructing trades if he wants to be. Yeah, uh, that's why he traded me uh, Matt Collins for Jacoby Brissett. That that's a hell of a constructive yeah, trade. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if gonna gonna highlight, uh, you know, how shrewd shrewd of a deal a wheeler dealer he is. I mean, what better deal than that, Matt? So thanks for. Yeah, I know. Really. I, I think know. that just bolsters my assertion. I absolutely you know, you know what I'm saying about Jay is he was trying to do it at the deadline. At the deadline, you're either desperate or you're trying to solidify your team for a title run. I think Jay was at that point. I think he was desperate because he was on the fringe of playoffs and everything like that. Now, uh, he ended up making it, but I think if Jay was a little more proactive earlier in the season, maybe around like I said, week two, three, or four, I think he could have gotten a deal done uh, with somebody because. You know, you always have those teams that, you know, panic after the first week or two, right? And you do. And so, um, yeah, I just, I think he could have done it then, you know, but he didn't. So it is what it is. Yeah, we both gave him Bs and uh, uh, we knew that he could, I I preached and uh, you were with me at six to eight wins, somewhere in there. You got eight wins, you know, Uh, according to Jay, it should have been like 10 or 11, right? But, um, but so he had a... He had a good team. It just uh, just couldn't quite get it done. It's just tough in the playoffs when you do have uh, eight good teams there. Someone's going to light it up, and uh, 
Corey did against them. Yeah, for uh, sure. Now, heading to our next team that we previewed, the Packers. Um, this is a uh, this one's pretty this one's pretty prophetic. So let's listen to this. <laughs> I believe it's mine. This is a Garstradamus moment, Matt, for me. So, like I said, a lot of this is you, but here's here's one for me talking about the Packers. Rodgers in the fifth, and uh, this is where it starts heading south real fast. And this is a typical Brian team. Well, he only gets some decent hitters, and then just there's no depth, and R- Brian hates making moves, and so an injury or two, and he's sunk, and he, he likes being so, – actually, my, uh, Matt, I think overall uh, – I don't even think subconsciously, <laughs> Brian has the uh, maybe still the worst record uh, percentage-wise in the history of the GFL, and when it's just not there for him, he'd just rather crash and burn and be the extremist he is, Matt. He's either going to be really good or really bad. Believe it or not, the rest of his draft is just uh, not not good. You, not you, good. Um, I can make a case and our our Kane, uh, a Kanye, a Kanye <laughs> whatever his name, a Kane, a Kanye, oh, a Kanye pick the Miami running back. I think that's a good keeper pick. Yeah. Other than that, I mean. It totally falls off the rail besides him. And Boyd in the eighth is also a good pick, too. So, yeah. after five, you've got his eighth and ninth round picks and just nothing around that. No, he really <laughs> And he does like being sunk, Matt. And the reason I said that is look how he managed. You know, he's not proactive. He didn't try to get a quarterback. He just made no moves. He had so much firepower on that team with A-Chain and just the other guys he had. Um, and so uh, – and, and you uh, you made the point also that he could have gotten Ayuk too in the fourth. So mm-hmm. uh, that was a great point as well. We were profiling his team. So, uh, yeah, that's how Brian manages. It's it's not good. But, I mean, for what it does for the league, we love him. And uh, sometimes you can draft decent and get playoff teams. But, you know, we're not going to make any moves. That's why it's, you know, it's very <laughs> – Brian ever wins the Garlando Bowl, I'll be surprised. Well, don't – give him a little credit. I mean, you did say he didn't try to get a quarterback – he did spend a thousand dollars on Zach Wilson. Okay, so give him a little credit for that. All right, but uh, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm talking about. It's just it's the crash and burn mentality. You know? That's what great. Brian is. He's the like we we talked about in that clip. He's just an extremist. You know, and that clip would actually be pretty accurate with that though, man. A chain and uh, was is a great keeper pick for next year. Boyd with Jamar Chase's injuries, with T. Higgins' injuries. He's been serviceable, right? He hasn't been great, but he's been serviceable. Um, but you know, Brian's team. Uh, is what you said. He fell off the rails after a certain time. He's still in playoff contention. Uh, you know, believe it or not, he's actually, uh, let's see, he's he's actually one game above 500 in terms of his all-time record, so he's actually not terrible or anything like that, you know? And, uh, you know, the guy, uh, he, he can't manage, but it seems like he can draft okay, you know, because he's been in playoff contention for the last few years. Um, you know, so overall, I think he did well. Do we... Did you listen enough to see what what do we predict him to be at this year? Do you do we have a record for him? Yeah, or anything yeah. Like that? I mean, we have uh, you giving him a C grade and me a C plus grade. So okay, we were not we were not high on this team at all. weren't high on him, and that's probably about where he fell because he was seven and seven, but he scored thirteen fifty eight for points, which is lower uh, compared to most of the teams in the league. So uh, he just had you know maybe some teams didn't score very high points against him or whatever the case may have been, but. Uh, I think we were pretty much right with the, with what we, you know, kind of the grade we gave him. And, and I, again, I thought it was kind of prophetic, too, because that's just how Brian, we knew what type of, I think the analysis really laid out what kind of season we were looking at with him. And yeah. That's I mean, what played out. He, I am he surprised that team, he just has nothing around it and just doesn't manage well. Yeah, I am surprised a team with, uh, with Christian McCaffrey didn't make more noise. But, you know, when, you know, you've got to, 
quarterback situation, it's not very help, uh, very conducive to winning games. And quarterback position has notoriously gotten the most points in this league every year. So uh, they are worth first-round draft picks. I'm surprised um, that we haven't seen more of them, but I understand at the same time. But when you got McCaffrey, if you could have had McCaffrey and a decent quarterback, he would have been in the playoffs. I mean, no question. Yeah, and it just didn't happen. Uh, Rogers' yeah. injury sunk him, and like I said, he I think he likes being sunk sometimes. Just gets a kick For out. Sure. Of it. So let's go on to Graw, uh, some Graw analysis here, Matt. If I have any criticism, it's taking Trevor Lawrence in three. That's my that would be my criticism is because. It, I, yeah, I, it's nitpick. I still think it's nitpicky. It's it's completely nitpicky. I just if I have to criticize it all, it's taking Trevor Lawrence there. I think I would have punted on that position and waited until just a hair later because Trevor Lawrence. I understand why he did it, right? Because he's got Calvin Ridley, so he won the stack. So I totally get why he did it. All right, I just don't know if I would have done it because I think he could have, you know, even got stronger. Uh, either he could have probably gotten stronger at running back. Potentially could have got like potentially could have got stronger at wide receiver, uh, whatever the case may whatever the case may be. But I completely understand and actually don't disagree with taking Trevor Lawrence. I just don't know if I would have done that. That's all, you know. And uh, of course, whatever I would do is is what you should always do, obviously. Okay, but uh, <laughs> that's why we're here and they're there, without a doubt. Okay, so uh, <laughs> so you know, Graw uh, had a good draft. Uh, we also pointed out how Dobbins was uh, injury prone too. So um, you know, we both gave it. We both gave it an A, man. We like the Ridley keeper, but uh, very interesting analysis I thought on Lawrence because if you didn't draft Lawrence there, drafted a position player, it could have kind of mitigated the Dobbins or supplemented Dobbins. Mm-hmm. We talked about being injury prone. So I thought that was pretty good analysis. Yeah. When you, when you, you know, if you're going to go third round for a quarterback, I get it. Cause Jalen hurts was a third round quarterback for, um, for Janowski a year ago and he was fantastic. Right. And, and as I said on the, on the, on the video, on the, on the clip, I know exactly why I did it. I don't disagree with him at all. You know, I understand it. It just didn't work out in his favor. And I was always worried. I mean, I can't say it didn't work out. It, 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 didn't, it wasn't consistent for him. Let's put it that way. Okay, The stack wasn't consistent all year long because sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. But there was a good article today on Fantasy Pros. I was trying to find it, but I can't. Uh, the, the, Nick, the name of the article was like things that we aren't thankful for or things that uh, – something like that. But, um, or, or the 2024 or 2023 awards or something like that or I don't know what it was. But it was basically <laughs> – all of Graw's team was the negative thing. Like, you know, the J.K. Dobbins always getting injured award. We awarded J.K. Dobbins. The the stack that never gave us what we really wanted was the Ridley and Lawrence stack. You know, it was, everything <laughs> went against Graw. I got to find this article. I got to find it and try to send it to him because it just, I felt so bad for him, you know, when I was reading this thing, you know. And and um, anyway, so that being said, man, um, you know, I still think he had a really good team. I, I really do. Okay. Um, um, it just, you know, it just wasn't, uh, it just didn't work out here. Oh, here's the, here's the article, the 2023 fantasy football awards. Uh, they have the most valuable players, McCaffrey, rookie of the years, Puka, the heartburn award for most agitating player. You could argue Travis Kelsey is number is, is once Graw had Kelsey. Okay. Uh, then <laughs> you can also, the winners, Trevor Lawrence and Calvin Ridley though. So that's that, you know? The uh, Matt Ryan Award for Ineptitude was the entire Panthers organization. 
Uh, the J.K. Dobbins Award for Player, I'll vow to never draft again. The winner is J.K. Dobbins. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, uh, I, I felt bad for Grob, man, because these guys are all showing up on this article, you know. And uh, So anyway, that being said, but no, I, I think if he was healthy, he certainly would have made a bunch of noise. Um, I know we were really high. I think I picked him to be a semifinal team based on his draft, actually. I think I did that. Yeah, we both uh, gave, him, gave him A's. He had the Mike Williams. Yeah, and, and, and other he, did, I, he was right there at the end. So, and he was really surging at the end of the year, too. So. I think he was. I think we were justified in giving him that draft grade. But, you know, he had a horribly uh, unlucky the, the, the injuries. Injury. It doesn't matter. Once those injuries, we, can, we can't assess it knowing the injuries, you know. Right, exactly. So anyway, or we'd be right 100 percent of the time. You Absolutely. I mean, well, we all, I mean, we already are, but still. <laughs> so let's go on to uh, let's go on to Joe here. Uh, Joe did well, actually. I was surprised at what, how Joe did, but Joe I like the team. I think he's uh, my yep. my fifth. I think I'm at five GFC playoff teams. So I a lot of it's going to depend on Jamar Gibbs, right? And that's where it's going to depend on. How I, I'm a does. believer. I'm a I believer am too. I, I drafted him. I drafted him in one of my other leagues. Um, kind of did the same kind of um, thing that Joe did in terms of waiting till about the third round to go ahead and do it. Uh, you know, I, I looked the Lions last. You know, is he going to be a great rusher? Don't really know. Okay, but what I do know is that the Lions last year were in the top. I think top ten, top eleven of uh, teams that that threw the ball to running backs. And that's where his thing's going to be. You know what I mean? He's going to be really, he's just lightning fast, lightning quick out of there, dude, you know? And so, so there you go. I mean, Joe had a good team and uh, we called it right. We were kind of doubting ourselves the first couple of weeks, Matt, but we called it right. You called it right there on Gibbs. Yeah. Gibbs finishes the RB eight this season in, uh, in a PPR for Yahoo. And he didn't even really, I mean, he, that's the one he, he's in a timeshare as well. You know what I mean? So, uh, if they get if if they decide to make him the featured running back, uh, he could. I really think this guy is. Uh, I think he's a top three running back. I really do. You know, I think he's 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 fast. He's spe- he he's special, man. He's a really good player. Uh, I think you could even justify a top five pick on this guy next year if you wanted to. I really think he's that good. You know, I I mean he's. Uh, he's in an offense that works out well for him, you know, and I, I want to see what happens with Detroit uh, if they lose their offensive coordinator this year uh, to maybe a head coaching job or something like that. But this guy's uh, he's an electric player. He's in a great age for a running back, too. I love I love rookie running backs. I love up to about year three for running backs. I really do, you know, and um, I think this guy's a good one. So whoever gets him next year, they, they've got a really, really good player on their hands. They, they really do, and uh, Joe used them, used that uh... – uh, those uh, trio of Lions players to uh, really, uh, fight, you know, really propel his team, and uh, it was an explosives team too. So oh, good was. year I for think... good year for brother brother Joe as well. Yeah, yeah, great year. Honestly, you know, and I mean, I'll, I'll revert back to the title talk real quick. I was telling Joe, and I'll do, with no disrespect to Mike, I thought Joe's team was the only one who could really beat me. To be honest with you, because Joe's team just can put up a lot of points whenever it wanted to, huh. and Second I felt that if I ever in the playoffs in the first round. Yeah, yeah, and if I if I you know my thought was if I got through Joe, I was I thought I had a real good chance to win. You know, I thought whoever won that semifinal game between Joe and I, I uh, was gonna win the whole thing. Now you know Joe's third place game didn't really work out for him, so that theory didn't really work. But um, you know, I felt that's how I felt because I felt Joe's team was that good this year. I thought he had a really good team. Shockingly, Stephon Diggs was his was his Achilles heel, which 
that was really surprising to me to see that fall from grace because Diggs, when there was a direct correlation of Joe scoring over 100 points and Diggs' performances, and Joe scoring under 100 points and Diggs' performances as well. So if you look at the if you look at Joe's stats, it's a direct correlation. So Diggs really, um, it's funny. Diggs helped Joe win a championship a few years back. Joe can't seem to quit Diggs, and so Diggs hurt him for winning a championship this year. So I don't think I don't think Diggs is going to be on the handyman any uh, moving forward. I think Diggs uh, has run his. Uh, I think his time is over. <laughs> he averaged about uh, 16 points a game, so you'd like a couple couple more. So uh, I, I see what you're saying, but you just never know. I mean, he's starting to get a little up there in age. What is hell? The hell is Diggs? He's he's 31, I think, right now. 30, 31. You know, but the big thing about Diggs is that look at the last uh, six or seven games, right? Monster earlier in the season, and then from week 10 on, he only had one game in double digits. You know, and that's and that's that's rough for for a guy. For a guy like that, who you're, who you, who are you are trying to bank on getting at least fifteen points a game from, uh, to be at six, six, nineteen, six, eight, seven, seven? That's that's not going to work. Just that's not going to work. Yeah, uh, no, you're right, and uh, he's he's thirty, so um, he yeah. could be uh, coming down from the from the peak. And uh, Joe Good. just didn't quite get enough out of him, but man, yep. he, Joe had a great team, went far. He just ran for really the did. against you uh, yeah. as did I. Um, anyway, let's move on to, uh, to some Trent analysis, Matt. How does that sound? Are you ready? For I'm, looking for, I'm looking forward to this one. So I want to see how we did on this one. Okay. Here we go with some uh, Trent analysis. Uh, Mark Andrews is, is, is a, he's an elite tight end, right? But, when you compare yourself to Kelsey, I, I don't know. He, Mark Andrews would have gone in two to somebody, right? But I just don't know if I would have gone with him. That's early in the second. That was my point. Exactly. Yeah, he would have gone end of two. You're right. He's very early in the second round to get, especially when you've got guys like Keenan Allen, Jalen Waddle, guys like go after you, man. You, you got you to gotta snipe those guys early. But, uh, yeah, James Conner is a, is a, is a, he's a touchdown-dependent guy, man, especially you're right with what offense. But the one that, the one I just can't wrap my head around is, out, is uh, Alan Lazard. Just because when you're drafting in the fifth round, right? When you're drafting a receiver in the fifth round, I'm always looking at upside. Like guys like Jordan Addison, right? Upside. Guys like Zay Flowers, upside. Guys like Cortland Sutton could be upside as well. Alan Lazard has been the opposite of upside his entire career. He just doesn't have it, you know? So don't understand that one at all. <laughs> uh, Matt, I, I think uh, we, we neither of us would have done the Andrews route in the second round. It just no. set up exactly what you were laying out. It's funny because you were touching on players that uh, all hit this year. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, uh, I, and I don't think I was wrong with what I said. Now, Trent had a halfway decent season, actually. I think he finished, uh, uh, what was he, 500 probably, something like that. Yeah, I think he was 500 this year, so – you know, he had – Mark Andrews went down. But looking at the draft, though, like if we had to redraft it, I know we kind of, already, kind of already went over this. He drafted Mark Andrews early second. But, you know, he had a lot of guys, like I said, Keenan Allen, Jalen Waddle, Garrett Wilson, um, you know, Joe Mixon, Alave. All those guys went after, after, you know, that. And honestly, the next tight end that was drafted that Trent would have had an option for, he could have got Evan Ingram. Now, honestly, he could have got him with a third-round pick if he wanted to. Uh, or, you know, so, or actually he could have got him with a, with a fourth round pick actually, if he wanted to. So I think he missed the opportunity there, man, you know, and, um, yeah, I just don't, uh, I don't really understand it, you know, and I don't, you know how much I don't love drafting tight ends early. I think next year's 
draft class for tight ends is going to be so weird. I think you're going to be able to pick up good tight ends in five and six next year because everyone's going to fall. You're not going to see a tight end drafted in round one next year. Hawkinson has a torn ACL, might not be back for the start of the season, right? So he's going to fall, okay? Uh, Andrews and Kelsey are going to fall. Uh, then you have just middling tight ends. After, if you add, Once you take away Kelsey, um, Andrews, and Hawkinson, you've got a bunch of average tight ends. I know Kittle is whatever, but you're not going to draft those guys early. So I think you're going to have a, you know, the tight end run will happen in like three or four, right? But they're going to miss out on some really good receivers there too. So it's going to be really weird how this draft shakes out for tight ends next year. Yeah, I was able to snag uh, Schultz in the six, and uh, I think Schultz uh, a great pick. I think he's a great pick for next year too. I think he's awesome. You know, so yeah, yeah, with Stroud throwing the ball to him, mm-hmm. and, uh, his game's never predicated on speed. So as long as he's still agile enough, you would think he'll uh, perform again. So yeah, and you can get to him in like the fifth or the sixth for sure next year. You know? Yeah, I think you're going to be able to get him in five and six. I think you're going to be able to get. Um, Guys like Ingram, guys like Goddard, I think you're going to be able to get them in four and five, you know, probably, you know, and so yeah. you're going to have options at tight end next year. Ed, later Evan Ingram is so solid for some. If you're going to maybe late first oh, yeah. round, yeah. I mean, Waller, I think Darren Waller was, uh, let's see, Nick drafted Waller in round three. Waller's going to fall to five, probably. You know what I mean? Like, it's you're going to have tight ends there that you can pick up uh, later in the later in the draft. So it's going to be real interesting next year to see how this all shakes out. But, um, I mean, Trent's team, I wasn't wrong about Alan Lazard. I don't even think he was he dressed for half the games this year. You know what I mean? So, uh, now he did have a – he had a great pick with Alvin Kamara in six. So obviously, traded him away to you. But, you know, uh, when you have a keeper of Miko Hardman, I think that was – I mean, that just – unfortunately for Trent – look, I can't analyze the guy like he's my age, 39, 40 years old. Or anything. He's The kid's 12. You know what I mean? Like, for 12 years old, or what, I think that's what he is, 11 or 12. He's 11. He's 11. Dude, what I mean, honestly, he goes five hundred in the league, eleven years old. That's that's awesome, dude. I mean, like, like you know, I can be really critical, critical, but no, man, the guy, you know, he does. He's he's still, you know, he's still green and everything like that, and all this kind of stuff. So yeah, man, good for him. Good season, five hundred. Didn't have a great draft in my opinion, but still found ways to gut it out. So awesome, yeah, good for him. You know? <laughs> Matt, you did predict that he would finish eleventh. Or uh, or worse, and he finished twelfth. So hey, you uh, know what, man? I guard. I am awesome at this. This is just my year. Okay? <laughs> All these clips are you, Matt. I mean, I'm really just listening. Like, where's the best stuff? And you're giving it. Well, if you, well, here this kind of goes also in line with what I told you that I changed my research back to my old way of doing it, right? And and I know you're picking on clips, and I'm sure I've been wrong about a lot of stuff too. Okay, but. Um, this also goes to show that I, you know, I did a, my research this year was far better than what I've done in, pre, in the previous year. You know? It's it's bearing out. Okay, so let's go with uh, uh, some analysis on uh, on Troy here. Okay, he's just he's based now. Here's where it goes. Okay, here's where. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm laughing at you because I remember I remember when Troy texted me. He texted me, this is around three and four. He texted me, Adam Thielen and Cole Komet. And I said, are you, are you serious? <laughs> he said, yes. Cue the laughter, you know. And uh, <laughs> and how many times through the years have we laughed at Troy's picks? And he, he's the last one. He gets the last laugh. Yeah. yeah. Man. <laughs> oh, man. Troy, once again, making the playoffs, Matt. And getting the yeah. Last 
uh, unbelievable to be honest with you. It's like the aging stars, basically. You know, it's uh, I mean, Derrick Henry, Adam Thielen, Cam Akers didn't even on the team. One more uh, year in the sun. Yeah, it's it's incredible. I mean, Jalen Hurts certainly helped him out. Um, you know, he, yeah, Troy's team was an interesting one, man. I, I didn't think he really had a chance in hell, uh, but. You know, Adam Thielen had a great start of the season, really tailed off towards the end of the season, you know, and really started, you know, and that, that's kind of the whole Carolina team, though, to be honest with you, you know. And then, um, yeah, it was just a really interesting – I think Pacheco was a fantastic keeper around 11 this season. It really helped them out. Uh, having having Henry, Hurts, and Pacheco uh, really – and honestly, Thielen for the start of it really helped out. But if you look at Troy's team, I think Troy's team really mirrored – uh, the production of Adam Thielen, to be perfectly honest with you, you know, because if you look at the first, Troy was four and one, okay, and then he ended up losing one, two, three, four, five. He basically went, was it four and five or whatever it is, or no, four, three and five or four and five, whatever it is, throughout the rest of the season. And Adam Thielen, his production really kind of. You know, I'm going to look at this here, see if there's any correlation here. Hold on one second. Have a look. Of, of course they did. I mean, uh, Has to he, he was the focal, he was the focal point of the draft. Now he built around Thielen. So, well, yeah, I mean, and, and you know, he, just ex- he just executed. He just executed. Yeah, Troy's coaching can only go so far. I mean, Troy's a fantastic coach, but yeah, if you look at after. He knew week, he would fit into his offense, Matt, and yeah. he did. So after week six, Thielen drops completely, basically. You know, was, you know, first First, uh, what do you call it? The first six weeks of the season, 20 points, 31, 15, 27, 28. After that, he didn't score above 15 one time. You know what I mean? Or he scored 15 or less, you know, the rest of the season, you know. And, and most of those were single-digit single digit games. So his his production really, um, you know, really didn't help him out too much. And that's kind of where Troy's Achilles heel was, uh, which was – it was predicted that way. I didn't think – I mean, it was funny. Yahoo didn't think Troy was going to win one game this year. Like, they said he was going to go 0-14 uh, as his uh, – for his pre-draft analysis. Obviously, he proved them wrong. Um, Troy, you know what? Look, for what I thought he was going to be, what I thought, you know, um, his team was going to be, uh, good season, to be honest with you, man. Real good season. Matt, you had a good point about Troy uh, when you announced I didn't play that clip, but you said, you know, with the running backs he already had, Pacheco as a keeper, he should have loaded up on wide receivers. So I thought that yeah. was a good analysis there on your part. Just, I, like everything, I, I, just like everything's been. I still think that's your best draft strategy is to, uh, especially where he was, right? Because around 17, 18, right? You're going to get that, based on how our league drafts, you're going to get that, you're going to have an option of an elite quarterback at that area. Okay, so that being said, he could have, I mean, he literally could have loaded with um, Jalen Waddle or Keenan Allen plus Jalen Hurts, and that would have been a great start. Pacheco, one of those receivers, and Jalen Hurts, man, that would have been a really, really good start for him. But look, Derrick Henry's, Derrick Henry's good, don't get me wrong. And, you know, um, you know, could, maybe could have gotten Joe Mixon instead, or maybe even taken a shot on chance on Jameer Gibbs, you know, but... Yeah, I mean, he he got the quarterback that he wanted. Actually, I wanted Jalen Hurts, to be perfectly honest with you. But, um, you know, I, I think he should have loaded receiver after that because then he ends up getting a tight end. He's feeling – he only had – he had one receiver going into round six. That's, that's hard. That's hard to work with, you know, real hard to work with. 
<laughs> no, it, uh, it, uh, it really is. And, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, but he was Troy. So he ended up uh, putting it all together and making it work. Oh, yeah. He knew these guys that fit into his system and they, uh, they executed. So the grades for Troy, uh, Matt is, uh, uh, I gave him a C plus and you gave him a, a D minus. Yeah. I figured I would give him a D. Yeah. I, uh, obviously D, I was mi- D minus. I mean, it was yeah. that's vicious. vicious. It, it's pretty, it's pretty vicious. It's, um, you know, D is for a diploma. So I guess he got somewhat of a passing grade or did just enough, but, uh, prove me wrong. Like, it, you know what? I will say this though. And, and Troy knows this. I've told Troy this before too. I think Troy's team, much like Roger's team when Roger was in the league, I think Troy's team is terrible every year. Every year, okay? And every year, Troy proves me wrong. So it's whatever I say, just think the opposite of for Troy's team. That's just going to happen, you know? So I, you know, I never get his <laughs> He's team got right. the it. Him and Nick has it in the VFC. Troy has it in the GFC. They just have Well, I mean, if you, at, if, you, if you look whatever. at Troy, his whole life has been the it. I mean, just look the at the what, Whatever that, the fantasy football cheat. I don't know what it is, but it's something. I don't have it. <laughs> Oh man, who who who's uh, who's next on our agenda here, Gar? Okay, we're gonna forgo us because we were in a different podcast episode, Matt, where we also did the uh, uh, playoff predictions. So we're okay. gonna move over to the VFC now. We're gonna do okay. uh, we're gonna do uh, my brother. Wait. We'll do my brother Ryan first. Did we? Uh, so. Did you? Did you get Steve's at all, or or no? Do we do Steve's team? Steve had no? an auto draft team, so we're. Uh, yeah. Team. Okay. Fair. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, uh, so let's go on to a uh, clip of my. Uh, my brother here when we're talking okay. about him in the preseason. Oh, we have to make sure we pump Corey up so when we do his review of his team, we cannot criticize anything. You understand that? Yeah. Right? <laughs> and just to remind everyone, and Matt, Matt said a couple times, if you need something to eat three times, tell me Corey is black. Corey's black. Absolutely. Corey's black. black. Okay. Uh, cool. Ryan, Ryan is very, very white. Ryan so Levin is, is really not black. So. He's very white. Okay. <laughs> so let's go ahead and see. Uh, <laughs> very, very hairy. He makes oh, my yeah. back look like it's shaved, Matt. Uh, yes, I know. I had. I happened to see some of it as he was uh, wearing a shirt the other day. I think he needs a little bit of a trim. But uh, <laughs> uh, uh, it was got a little Teen Wolf on the back going on there. You know, it was uh, pretty impressive. <laughs> Matt, I mean, you talk about astute expert analysis. That was impressive. <laughs> I was going to say, where's the analysis on that one? Damn, that was that was awesome. Um, no, Ryan's team was an interesting one, man. That that one threw me for a loop quite often, to be honest with you, because um, I look at his team, right, that he drafted, okay, and it's not good, okay? Najee Harris, Tyler Lockett, Madison, all just terrible, okay? Really just not good this year at all. Okay, but then you look at C.B. Lamb finished as number one, you know, as the as the wide receiver one. You know, his last game of the season took him over, um, took him over uh, Tyreek. Yeah, David Njoku, who got a new lease of life with um, with Flacco coming in. Okay, and then you got Nico Collins, right? If Nico can stay healthy next season, Nico is a is a viable. Uh, I think he's a viable top seven wide receiver, okay? And I think he's a locked-in second-round draft pick next year if he can stay healthy, you know? So uh, with that connection he's got with Stro- with, uh, with, C- with C.J. Stroud, uh, I think Nico le- legitimately has a chance to be a very, very uh, high-pick wide receiver next year. Uh, the guy has scored f- 30-plus points twice. He's been over 20 a uh, handful of times. Uh, he's incredibly hard to tackle. He gets a lot of targets. He's just a big freaking dude. You know, he's just a big, big dude. So, um, 
I mean, it was a Ryan had an interesting team, and I, I mean, he was really powered by three guys all season long: it was CD Lamb, Nico Collins, and the Miami defense. That's really who he was powered by. It was just really strange. It's a really strange season. Yeah, and uh, sometimes when you don't, uh, your draft's kind of thin. You don't have a lot of depth. You know, I love to preach the depth, but uh, yeah. he had to rely on people. But man, he did have some good picks. He had Njoku and Kincaid. Mayfield came around, so. Um, you know, he had a good team. He just uh, ran, probably ran up against the buzz saws and just couldn't, couldn't quite get up there to, to make the playoffs. But that's kind of what we thought and we talked about in the preview was kind of going to be the, uh, uh, the cusp, the best case scenario of getting close to the playoffs but probably not make it. So well, uh, we're pretty accurate you're... on that. Here's a little bit. Here's a little bit more on. Here's some actual analysis that I'm giving since we haven't heard much from me, Matt, on this. Uh, here's, <laughs> a, here's my analysis on uh, my brother's team, real analysis. <clears throat> Tyler Lockett, I think, is a good pick in the third. Matt knows I'm not an Alexander Madison fan at all, but it's okay in the fourth. Njoku's okay in the fifth. I like Carr in the sixth. Uh, Homer pick of Nico Collins in the seventh. Great pick of Jamal Williams in the eighth. And so that's really the main crux there. To me, it's a very typical Ryan Levitt team, Matt. If they stay healthy, uh, he could compete for a playoff spot. I don't see anything uh, above that, though. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> so that's what I was. That's basically. No, what I, I mean, say. I didn't love Jamal Williams. I, I think that would probably be my next comment after that. After you got done with that, I don't. I don't think I was a huge Jamal Williams fan. I guess my big question for Ryan is next year though, because if you look at nine, ten, eleven, he's got Dalton Kincaid, Baker Mayfield, and Miami Dolphins defense. I'm curious to see who he decides to pick because Baker actually was pretty good this year. You know, so it'll be I'm Kincaid. I think almost for sure. I mean, he's just. So I, I mean. He could. Uh, I, I, that's who I would probably take. But, you know, Baker, like I said, it was a good pick this year. And he seems like he's found a pretty good home in my in uh, Tampa. So I can see him doing that as well. So uh, we'll have to see. But uh, Ryan, you know, uh, you know, again, Ryan, uh, I didn't love his team. Uh, he didn't make the playoffs, but he did win the NIT. So good for Ryan. Congratulations. Uh, oh, I was wondering about that, Matt, the who, who won the NIT. Oh, yeah, Ryan Ryan was the winner of the GNIT. Ryan had a really strong end of the season with Miami's defense, and uh, Njoku just went nuts. And so, yeah, Ryan uh, Ryan, Ryan took care of that pretty easily, actually. <laughs> yeah, his team was pretty good. Uh, moving on uh, to Kevin's team. Uh, I mean, we talked so much about the, the heart of Kevin's team, and uh, mm-hmm. we both liked it preseason. And uh, Kevin's team usually does get uh, stronger as the season goes on, especially towards the end, Matt. So, uh, you know, he just almost willed it, didn't he, to make the playoffs, just finished just outside of it, eight six, but it's just a typical Kevin season. He kind of ranks up there uh, in uh, most victories all time since the merger, correct? Yep. He's, uh, he's tied for first. He's, yeah, he's tied for first. Wow. Wow. So, yeah, him, and Joe, uh, him and Joe have 85 wins, so that's tied for first in the uh, – uh, throughout all managers, you know, and um, – uh, yeah, Kevin always Kevin always has good teams, you know. But I, um, do you have a clip for him or or, or no? Oh, I do. I was just uh, I I need about thirty seconds. It's queuing up. So oh, that's fine. Yeah, that. no, I mean, what, what you thought about his team? I thought you know personally, uh, for me, uh, I would have chosen Hill over Cup. Cup's a good player. Yeah. He had some good games. It just uh, that that what that didn't end up being uh, the the best pick for him. He needed to get a quarterback because he uh, uh, Kevin and Lane really like to forgo quarterbacks. Um, so I wonder if, that, uh, I wonder if that's, that sentiment changes. You know, I wonder if he actually knew Cooper Cup had a hamstring injury when he drafted him. I wonder if he knew that. You know, I think I don't think Kevin would have. Dra- My guess is he did not know. I don't think Kevin would have drafted him had he known that. 
but you know, you got real two good picks with uh, obviously Devonta and Etienne. You know, I was hugely high on John Dotson. I thought he was going to have a great season. Uh, ended up really shitting the bed, and, and unfortunately, Kevin's four, five, and six, uh, four, five, six, and seven draft picks, even eight and nine. I mean, sorry, I'm just going down the list here. Uh, didn't really help him out too much, man. So he really relied on Etienne a lot. Cooper Cup came back and was, to be fair, kind of a shell of himself, but. You know, Kevin made a nice trade. Kevin made a good trade with uh, with Mike, I believe, to get Dak in there. Because he only he only had Bryce Young, basically. Yeah, so. and Gus Edwards was a Gus Edwards was a touchdown machine. A, re- he was a revelation. <laughs> yeah. So, and honestly, I think Rashid Shahid could be a pretty good keeper for next season. Um, you know, I don't think he's gonna. I, I don't know what kind of value he'll return, but I think he could be at least, at least be a good flex out of the whole deal. You know, and so. Um, yeah, Kevin had a Kevin had an interesting uh, kind of an up and down. It wasn't Kevin's best team because Cooper Cup was injured, but I think. Um, but Ke- look, man, Kevin was still in it to the very last uh, uh, the very last week of the season, and, and that's just kind of a testament to how good of a manager the guy is. And Etienne, though, Etienne was a monster though for Kevin. Really kept him afloat while he while uh, while uh, Cooper Cup was injured and trying to get back and everything like that for sure. Here's the clip. Here's the clip on. Uh... On Kevin now from our analysis of him, and I think we yeah, covered, probably covered a lot of it, but here it is overall. But uh, you know, Yahoo is giving Kevin. Let me see here. Man, Yahoo's giving Kevin a rough one too. What is Yahoo's? Yahoo's? Yahoo is you know usually they're pretty they're usually they're pretty generous. This year they're stingy, man. Though he's giving him a D plus. Okay, I, I got to give him at least a C plus on this one for his draft. I really. C plus B minus are the worst. I assume at the oh yeah, I mean I'm gonna give him a B or a B plus. I mean the only thing that, to me that's lacking is quarterback position, so I can't give him an A because we know how important that position is. So other than that, it's an A besides that, but yeah, that's what, just Bryce C Young. I give it a, a B. That's why I give him a C plus because of course Bryce Young is unknown. If Bryce Young becomes really good, then all of a sudden you got a monster quarterback round nine next year, uh, and a good one for this year too. So uh, right now C plus could go up to a B minus for me. Obviously, could even go to an A if, if uh, Bryce Young. Yeah, and I was big. Yeah, he he didn't work out. Kevin had to wheel and deal, and just uh, uh, Dotson didn't quite pan out. There were other, uh, probably other some other options, and uh, yeah, uh, I mean, it's it's very tough for you as a manager, any any manager, right? When your first round pick Cooper Cup, your fourth round pick John Dotson, fifth round Miles Sanders, when they don't pan out, and you and I have talked about this ad nauseum before. You if if you have Three out of your first five picks hit, usually you're in the playoffs, okay? If you have four out of your five picks hit, probably semifinals or finals, you know, or even a title, you know. And and when Kevin, you know, Kevin only had Devonta Smith and ETN, and Devonta wasn't even that great for the first part of the season or anything like that. It's really turned on later. So, yeah, it didn't really help Kevin out. But, man, the fact that he was able to get to where he was, that's 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 pretty impressive, though, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's kind of like Kevin just he loves this stuff so much, and he's such a good manager and uh, fan of the league, contributor for the league. He's uh, such an institution in the league, so uh, he just found he found a way to uh, he found a way to get it done and really uh, give it to the very last play. I mean, which, in the final game, I think the yeah uh, against you, that's the right. Yeah, you hit know, it changed what six times in 12 minutes you said or something i like think that? so yeah it really was i want to look at something here because kevin would have been the eighth seed i think i would have uh maybe played him maybe i'm not sure how it was i want to see something here though with kevin i want to see 
how he did in uh, week fifteen here because I wonder if if he would have if he would have been the eighth seed and he would if he would have beat me again uh, I would have just I would lose my mind. So let me see how he finished up week fifteen. No, I would have killed him. I would have crushed him by forty. So we're good. Okay, never mind. So it's fine. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, so it, it trying to talk your way out of the championship, Matt. Um, yeah, hey, you know what? Yeah, no, I'm good. No, it would have been a nice revenge game, but no, nah, man, Kev, uh, Kev, look, Kev will be back next year. We all know it, so no, we, we don't have anything to worry about with him. Newly announced uh, Brian Janowski for OT, Matt. We were, you were excited about that today. I don't know why I was. was worried, I mean, he, let's start. He, he, yeah, he, he didn't respond to my text messages like he – well, he never does, honestly. But, uh, you know, so I was a little worried at first. But I think, yeah, we're good now. We're, we're all set. <laughs> He didn't respond to a personal, so we had to shame him in a group text thread with me and Joe. And then, he well, no, actually, I shamed him. I shamed him before. Actually, I didn't send him a one on the side. I shamed him, you know, immediately. That's what I did. <laughs> here's some uh, here's some analysis um, on. Uh, I wanted to say for Ryan Levitt, I gave him a C plus. You gave him a C minus. So we did. Okay, we that's about right. I think. I mean, based on how he finished, five and nine, that's about right for us. For Janowski, we both gave him a, a B, and so here is uh, okay. some of that some of that analysis. Yeah, you look that up. As I get back into the dating pool over the next month or two here, you know, you always want to look for red flags. And so when you start off your draft, you start off your season with some red flags looming. Uh, I'm yeah. not saying he can't still be good this year, but, uh, you know, uh, Burroughs had his contract situation and injury. Jonathan Taylor's on the pup list. You know, I talked to him after this third-round pick of Jonathan Taylor. And yeah. Him and I basically decided that his season is going to come down to how Jonathan Taylor is. And so yeah. at the draft we were in last week, how things have changed, looked like he was probably going to be traded. So, you know, he agreed with me that, you know, it's probably going to take till week four or five for him to really get in the, in the fold with his new team. And so it could still be the case with Indianapolis if they mend fences, or he may not play all season. So I think that, that pick's even looking a little worse than it did. I wouldn't have considered him anywhere before the fifth, but that was yeah. just me. I don't think I would have taken I'm just saying as a – draft value that's when i would have considered him if i was somebody else drafting um <laughs> so yeah it just wasn't uh, you know matt always likes you like to talk about how you got to nail those first five picks and so if you don't have someone contributing for the first six weeks it's hard to nail that so it just it just made things i think a little off for his uh first for janowski's team it is but i mean if you look at it though his first five picks are up there with anyone i mean you got jamar chase joe burrow uh, take out Jonathan Taylor. We have Mike Evans and Brees Hall. I think Brees Hall is probably a top seven pick next year, to be honest with you. You know, so I mean, those are four monstrosities. Four monstrosities of picks right there. But I, I think what really did Janowski in was the first few weeks of the season because he ended up going one and five, right? And that that's tough because he rolled with Burrow for a really long period of time, and Burrow just wasn't doing anything. All the while, he's got Anthony Richardson on his bench, and he's just putting up points left and right. And I get it. And honestly, I probably would have done the same thing. It's hard to bench Joe Burrow, right? It really is. Okay, so, uh, but not pulling the plug on him when he could have. Uh, and this really isn't a criticism. It's just kind of an analysis. Because, I, like I said, I would have done the exact same thing probably. Um, I think if he would if he would have put, pulled the plug earlier, probably would have been a lot better off because Richardson was doing great. Then, of course, he went down. Um, but, you know, I mean – Look, Janowski scored with good points again this season. Got you know had had some had some tough calls. He you know as I did as I as I kind of explained the analysis of Janowski's team, it's not that teams are blowing up on him so much. It's that he's just losing these really close games, you know, and he hasn't won one of them yet. 
And that's what's really kind of, you know, kind of driving all this, you know, what I call conspiracy theory, basically, about his, you know, teams playing against him. But he will win the close game sooner or later, you know. And, and to be fair, the year before, uh, he, he had the Dan, he has the, he, he officially has the Dan Marino of GFL teams. He really does. You know, the best team to never win a championship uh, was his team from last year because that was a fantastic team that he put together. You know, Matt, the, the next team we're going to go over is, uh, is Nick. And again, like uh, Janowski, I mean, I, I'd say he's just as good of a, you know, drafter as, as me, if not, if not better, you know, it's just, uh, uh, yeah, Nick makes the playoffs every year. And it's just very, it's just very tough, even for good managers to make the playoffs. In this it is really and, and tough, I told... a really tough fantasy football league, Matt. How does Nick it do is. it? And, you know? It's one of the hardest leagues. I mean, I, I would put this league up against anybody because we don't just have crappy managers. We have good, we have really good managers in this league. And, you know, you have to go in your game. And I remember talking to Janowski during the draft, and I said, you know, if Jonathan Taylor hits, you've got a league winner on your hands. You know, you really do. And unfortunately for Jonathan Taylor, when he came back, he was decent. But at the same time, he wasn't healthy. You know, like he, he I, don't, I don't know how healthy he was throughout. Uh, let me see how many games he actually really officially played this year. Um, let me see here. Jonathan Taylor... Out the first six, one, two, three, four, five, seven games maybe at the most. So you're a third round draft pick, and you only get maybe you get half the games out of the guy. And the first couple of games he played, he was basically a, a bit part player because he was still trying to find his feet. So he really maybe got a real like a five real games out of the guy, and uh, that's hard to deal with, man. Especially if you've you know because if you ideally what you are at that point in time is maybe you're like. I don't know, was that in the week six? Maybe you're four and two. Maybe you're four, you know, uh, three and three at the worst, right? He was one and five. You know, when you're one and five and you can't really afford to lose any more games, yeah, it's, that's tough, man. That, that's real tough. You know, so it was just unlucky for him. Well, it's ama- yeah, amazing that Nick can start at 0 and 4 and make the playoffs and continue that. Holy crap, that. I know. Yeah, let's get into this, man. This is this will be a good one. Let's get into this one. Yeah, yeah. So let's – uh. Um, let's listen to let's listen to Nick here. Um, hold on one second. Oh, I went by it. Dun, dun, dun. Hold on, let me see if I can find it, Matt. You're fine. No, that's fine. I mean, I can look into. I mean, I can look into Nick's team while while you do that because uh, Nick had. Uh, I think I said this earlier in the year. This was a very uh, different kind of. Actually, it wasn't a – no, last year was a very different kind of Nick team. This was a big time. This was a normal Nick team. He went for a lot of balance this year, you know. So with Pollard, Keenan Allen, Darren Waller, first three picks. You know, Pollard was also in that article that I had read about read about Graw, right? And it was the uh, – it was the – what is this? The Let's see. The biggest bust of the season is what, they call, is what they're calling it. <laughs> so – Tony Pollard is the biggest bust of the season. Um, I guess they were probably expecting Tony Pollard to set the world on fire, you know, but Tony Pollard uh, didn't really, for for where he was drafted, didn't have really the best season or anything like that, you know. So I was considering him at seven. I'm glad I didn't take him, but he was still decent, like 16 points a game or something. No, I, I let's let's see where he finished up at, actually. Hold on, let's go. Yeah, I, I looked at it. Let's see here. Tony Pollard is in. Yeah, he's. He's. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 
He finished at top fifteen running back this year, which he wasn't. But he, but he, when he was drafted, though, people were expecting him to be like a top five. You know, based on how he had done the year before, and and when Zeke was there, and maybe he looked, maybe he looked so explosive because Zeke looked so bad. You know what I mean? Maybe that's how it was. But uh, definitely didn't have the season that he wanted to. However, though, Keenan Allen, man, what a whoa, what a season, Keenan Allen. I mean, you know, he got hurt, but damn, that guy was just incredible for. Uh, for some weeks, you know, and really was the catalyst to Nick's team really taking off and scoring all those points. Unfortunately, losing some of those games. But, yeah, I mean, what a fantastic season for Keenan Allen. Uh, Darren Waller, obviously, more injury issues. But Tua, what a great pick in the fourth round for Tua. Finished, I think, as the as maybe the t- uh, top five quarterback this season or something like that. So, uh, Corlin Sutton, another great pick out of that. DeAndre Swift was a great pick for the first half of the season. Really kind of, you know, unfortunately – uh, kind of fell off, you know, a little bit, but yeah, man, I, another one, and of course, a fantastic keeper option with though with Jaden Reed in round thirteen this year. So uh, another, you know, Nick set Nick set himself up again to be really good for next season too. Absolutely, here's his clip. Maybe, um, yeah, especially with Judy out the first few weeks here, so you kind of see that Swift's going to get pass game work. Um, you know, even guys like Jaden Reed in the 13th at Green Bay, a guy I was talking about, Curtis Samuel on the 12th is pretty decent value. Um, so, I mean, I'll just give it draft a real solid B. If there's someone else, I might give it a C plus, but for Nick, I'll give it a B and kind of feel comfortable he'll compete. Yeah, I just don't lo- – I don't always love that terminology of getting, four, you know, third-round value, first-round, second-round value because you look at your top defenses, they put in first-round value every year. The 15 points, usually speaking, is the average for the top defense, you know, per game. But – what I'm looking at here is, is it a reliable asset, right? In your first five rounds, I think you need to have, uh, you know, uh, stable assets as best you possibly can. Darren Waller, for me, is not a stable asset. Tua is not a stable asset. You know what I mean? So that's kind of why I look at that. So I'm just not a huge fan of that. I, I'll give him a C plus, personally speaking, uh, because if, if Darren Waller stays in the field, he's going to be really good. I just don't know if he can. Same with Tua. I don't, if Tua stays in the field, he could be a top five quarterback. Can he stay on the field is the problem, you know? So that's that's he does because I got hell, but you know, either yeah, way, yeah. that's kind of where I look at quarterback proof to at least get some reception yards. Yeah, that's why I kind of look at it in terms of stable asset, so you know. Yeah. Uh, I agree. It's good, it's good analysis. <laughs> yes, I agree, Garland. I think that that was good analysis, Matt. And just, uh, uh, he didn't quite hit on everything, you know, Matt, to really uh, see it through and uh, uh, be even more of a threat. No, but what what that clip just tells me is I'm really fucking smart. Okay, is what it is. Because so I, I called Darren Waller to a T. Tua, I I gave kind of like a, he could be good, could not be good. So it gives me the opportunity to say I was right, even though I'm you know kind of like kind of midway down the line on that one, you know. But uh, no, I still I still think Nick had a really good season, man. I think he was top maybe top four in points scored, something like that. So or top five points scored. So uh, another good season. Look, another playoff another playoff bird for Nick. Okay, so. Uh, Nick's had shoot, man. I don't know how many playoff berths he's had now. He's probably had probably upwards of seven, I think. Now he's so uh, eight eight playoff berths in nine years. I mean, that's hoofta. That's 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 crazy. That that's just uh, that's just impressive. <laughs> it's mind boggling. So it'll be interesting over the next decade to see. Yeah, uh, what, I mean, what Nick also had, Nick and Lane are tied for most Garlandable appearances too. They both have three. You know, so uh, that's that's tough to really to get to three of them. I mean, you've got to. You gotta not only get to, but you gotta win some playoff games too, man. So that, that's that's tough. That's real tough. Absolutely, absolutely. So we, you talked earlier also about how you have the total wins. Uh, I'm up there on the list, like one behind, mm-hmm. but you know, 
That's only because Nick hasn't been around as long as some of the rest of us. No, so the, the the leader for wins are Kevin and Joe right now, 85, okay? They have 12 seasons under their belt. Nick is at 78 wins. He's got nine seasons under his belt. So he's, he's uh, what is it, technically now 42 games behind these guys in terms of games played and has seven less wins. I mean, so, yeah, I mean, Nick's just been, you know, the guy's been all-time, you know, since he's been in the league. He's been a lot of fun to, to, to interact with. Uh, always, you know, always, you know, um, he's active on the text thread. He's always drafting, you know, and things like that. So yeah, Nick's, Nick's awesome, dude. Really, you know, really good. Moving up, moving along to another guy you think is awesome, Ruggles. Uh, he made his own <laughs> picks this year, Matt. Uh, you, I thought he'd be a playoff team. Uh, you did not, you know. No. Uh, <laughs> you were awesome, right about uh, that one. I was wrong. Ruggles is awesome as a, as a, as a uh, just as a dude, man, but. Uh, more of the same for Josh this year, unfortunately. But, you know, he still he just he had injuries, and unfortunately, he got Eckler in a year that Eckler decided to uh, fall off the fall off the wagon, you know, fall off the hill, basically. So, uh, rough season for Josh. But uh, you know, he was flirting with uh, for a while. He was flirting with the the lowest point total of all time, and then he had a monster week fourteen and vaulted him uh, over the out, out of the seventy mark, and now he's in the eighty. So he don't have anything to worry about in terms of. Uh, in terms of you know uh, average points scored per week or anything like that, so that's uh, that's a good thing for Josh. <laughs> oh, the futility! And I, I picked him as a playoff team, man. Just so yeah. Well, I mean, but Gar, you did pick me as a playoff team, and I did not pick myself. So you did something right there. <laughs> yes, I, I I picked you. I picked me in my narcissistic ways, and uh, and they pay and they pay it off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's go on to Ruggles. Okay. Yeah, it's here. Eckler had 100-plus uh, receptions last year. Okay, now, I drafted Austin Eckler in a separate league, okay? But I drafted him at 10. Not, I mean, if he falls to 10, you have to take him there at 10 in a 12-team league, okay? But in this league, they're not – they don't have uh, – was it Lombardi or whatever his name was or whoever was their, uh, their, their offensive coordinator. They don't have that guy who does mainly horizontal stuff and check downs. You got Kellen Moore who throws the ball deeper down the field. That's why I like Keenan Allen a lot more. I don't think I has a hundred receiving hundred catches in him. I just don't think he does. Okay, so if he doesn't have a hundred catches in him, he's not a great running back in terms of running the actual ball. Okay, so his value is not a number two pick. Okay, you're right about that, Matt. Gotta just gotta give you credit. You know, God, I'm just brilliant, man. I mean. 44 receptions on the year for Eckler when compared to 100 last year. Um, granted, he did miss some time with uh, some injuries. He only played 13 games, I think, this year. Um, you know, compared to we're at 16 right now. So for the regular season, he only played probably, uh, was it, 10 games out of the 14. But, um, you know, Keenan Allen definitely had a better year. I was right about that. Uh, but, yeah, I, I was – here's where I was concerned about Eckler, right? He scored so many touchdowns the year before. Um I felt that had to regress. You know, I, I really felt that had to regress this year, and it did. It's kind of like Sam Laporta. Uh, Sam Laporta's getting a, a monster, uh, you know, a monster draft grade going into next season. But if you look at touchdowns that he had, he's got like four or five more touchdowns than any tight end out there. You know what I mean? So that's going to skew. It's kind of like Robert. He's better than Robert Tanyan was. Remember when Tanyan had that massive year for Joe in 2020 or whatever yeah. it was? He, yeah, 10 touchdowns. Tanyan had like. If you took away if you if you took away half of his touchdowns, right, he would have been like the tight end fifteen. But since he had all those touchdowns, he was like the tight end two or something like that, you know. So 
Um, I'm a little weary about that because that can tend to regress. But that's my that was my feeling about um, about Eckler that he was due for a regression based on the amount of touchdowns that he had scored. Uh, and you're you're absolutely right about that. It was not a good. It was not another not another. It doesn't matter if you autographs or not. It was not a good year uh, per usual, unfortunately, for our great friend uh, Josh Ruggles. So I was I was you know what's what's crazy about Josh's draft is that Josh is the number two pick, right? He passed over Christian McCaffrey, which I was I mean, man, I was real surprised at that. Like super surprised that he passed over McCaffrey when I saw Eckler. I was like, oh, man, you got – I was like, damn, that is wild, you know, that you're doing that. But, hey, man, you know what, dude, he drafted himself, you know. I'm, I'm so happy he was able to draft himself. Uh, you know, the injury bug got him again. Like, it seems to get him every year, you know, kind of like Graw a little bit. But the injury bug did get him uh, at different times of the year because Eckler was out for three four games. Uh, Debo was out for a couple games. Uh, I'm sure he had some people on IR and stuff like that as well. Uh, Damian Pierce didn't play for a while. Uh, you know, you know, Justin Fields, I think, was out for a few games as well. So just a lot of stuff kind of happened for him and really didn't work out well for him. Yeah, and it was great. He's got a lot of cool stuff going on in life and uh, uh, got to join us for the draft. I think he's only done it maybe uh, three or four years of the tenure. Yeah. He's been, so uh, yeah, it was great. Sure. great to have him. So uh, let's go on to uh, sophomore in the GFL, Kurt Steinhorst, man. Yeah. Love, love his yeah. name. You think he could do things with that name. So yeah, I mean, Kurt's about. name still is the sexiest name I've ever heard in my life, besides Dirk. <laughs> it is not it is not too shabby, my friend. So, okay, here, <laughs> here we go with some uh, Kurt analysis. Well, you know what, actually? I'm sorry. Uh, it's it, Ruggles, you know, it's like, it's a decent pick. Um, I think it'd be great. Uh, I don't know, you know. But uh, Dallas defense, though, is actually going to make him – Competitive because if Dallas the defense does what they did last year, put up close to sixteen points a game, right? That think about what you get with sixteen points a game. Like who on your team scores sixteen points a game? Okay, not you're talking about your better wide receivers. You're talking about your quarterbacks. I mean, that, that's 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 the kind of level of performances you're getting, right? So that's going to keep him in a lot of games, you know, with how our defensive scoring is. So. You know, well, yeah, I mean, excuse me, Steinhorst didn't have much of a season, Matt, but uh, that Dallas defense uh, did did come through. You gave him a C minus. I gave him a uh, B. I had him and Ruggles uh, in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I mean, I was close about the Dallas defense. I thought I would keep him in games. Dallas averaged fifteen point three eight points per game this year for their defense, so they did well. Um, you know, but the. You know, say you know Saquon and Josh Jacobs were 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 rough. You know, it's funny thing was I tried to trade Kurt, right? I tried to trade Kurt, um, Richard White, and Deontay Johnson for Saquon. That's what I was trying to get on my team. Okay, and he said that Richard White was. I don't have the exact message, but he basically was like Richard White is all talent or all potential, but no upside or something like that. And then Richard White goes on a fucking tear. For like, for like nine games of like 20 plus points or whatever it is. So he missed out on that one. Uh, DJ Moore was, uh, ended up being a really good pickup for him. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, you know, you look at his drafted team, you kind of wonder where it went wrong, you know, for him. Um, I think the Geno Smith pick really hurt. I think not, I think going quarterback in six really, really suffered, really hurt. And Josh Jacobs also, we all kind of, you know, I told you this before. I don't like drafting guys who hold out. I don't like doing that, okay? And Josh Jacobs was a holdout, and he had a terrible season. So, you know, it's uh, – Saquon was okay. Uh, Josh Jacobs was not really very good. And, 
you know, so that's, I think that's, you know, so, you know, Jacobs, Barkley, and uh, Geno Smith really, really hurt and carried this year for sure. Yeah, and the team had potential. I mean, when the defense can do that, and he's got those two, you know, it's so interesting. He had those two running backs who are good running backs. They stayed fairly healthy, and they just didn't, they didn't do it. So he just couldn't quite get enough. You would think with those two guys in that uh, defense, but, uh, you know, Moore stepped up too, so that was good. So there was a lot of potential for Kirk Stan. I feel better about picking him than Ruggles, but definitely not a playoff team this year. Yeah, I mean, he's got Ty J Spears next year. Right? I don't know if he kept him on his team all year long, but if he does have Ty J Spears, that's a really good keeper in round 14 because Derrick Henry's probably out in Tennessee. So he's got, if he has him, I'm not sure if he does. I got to look at it, but. If he does, then yeah, I mean he's he's got a really good platform to build off of next season because I think Tyje Spears could have a pretty good year. Yep. So things could be uh, looking up a little bit. Uh, we'll see what happens with uh, with Henry over there. Uh, let's yeah. go on. Let's go on to let's go on to Lane, Matt. Oh. On his team. Oh, oh Lane, 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 Lane. Oh man. I give Lane kind of a B. I don't love his running back, Aaron Jones, Dave Montgomery. I don't love that, but I, I think the rest of his team really stack out really, really well. Uh, to be successful, and of course, you got a good keeper, Daniel Jones. Even though, and I mean, if you look at Daniel Jones at ten, because he kept him, that's a really great pick right there. Uh, you know, uh, so I, I, give, I definitely give Lane. I think B is being a little harsh on him. I think he deserves maybe a little bit higher, but I'm gonna go with B for him. Yeah, I almost give him an A. I just the quarterbacks just aren't. I'm not a Daniel Jones guy. I love his team and keeping up with Jones as opposed to those Jones quarterbacks. So um, I, I give him a B plus, uh, very close to an A. Definitely the best team I think I've seen so far. Very much like Kevin, except. He's got two actual starting quarterbacks here, so I think yeah. that's that's a little better. So I'd put him, like, if I have Kevin at an 87, then Lane would be at, like, an 89 or something. Watch out for Rasheed Rice, a rookie for KC. He's getting a lot of good camp reviews in the uh, 13th round. And he's talking about the running backs. He's got Jones. Yeah, and so not having that quarterback really sunk him. So I thought there was some pretty good analysis there. By me, also, for a change. Oh, man. yeah. No, Rasheed Rice, good call on that one, man. I you know, Amon Ra is a monster. I think he's going to be a top 10 pick next season. Uh, I think that's you know almost guaranteed. You know, Garrett Wilson, you know, the thing that did Lane in wasn't necessarily his team. It was how he managed his team for the most part. You know, he, he, tra- he traded, fine, go ahead and trade. But he didn't play the guys that he traded for like four weeks or whatever it was. He ended up losing games by a couple of points when he would have easily won had he played the guys that he traded for. Um you know, uh, Dalton Schultz, it took him, I don't know how many weeks to get him in the game. Uh, Montgomery was great, but a l- lot of Lane's problems were self-inflicted this year, which is really strange compared, you know, just, it's just kind of one of those seasons for him, man. And I, I hate to rip on the guy because he's, you know, he's, the the guy is honestly one of the best menders in our league, to be honest with you, because he's got, you know, uh, he only has 78 wins, but he has the most playoff games that we've ever, in most playoff, uh, let's see, he's got, Lane has six playoff appearances, okay, 13 games played in the playoffs. So he's the dude's won games. He's got three three title games that he's been in, right? So, like, the guy's awesome. It's just really weird to see him self-inflict like that, you know? And so, I mean, it's, you know, it doesn't mean this – this season doesn't need to define him, you know? Like, this is a classic man in the mirror, look yourself, and uh, trading for Wilson and Schultz and – you know, we took Wilson losing his starting job. And if you look at the statistics and just, just where he was at that point in the season and kind of continued that somewhat, he should have been in his lineup. Schultz should have been in his lineup. But just like kind of just in stubborn, stubborn self-destruct mode, Lane self-sabotaged himself. And 
happens to even the best of us sometimes. So I expect Matt, he'll have a chip on his shoulder. He'll be ready to go uh, next season. Yeah, I mean, everyone has bad years, right? I had a bad year last year, okay? Very well documented by especially some people on this league, um, you know, but it was a uh, bad year last year. Obviously, this year was much different, so things change. You know, luckily, we're not stuck with our own teams. You know, we get to change new teams every year, uh, you know, unless you have a keeper, and obviously, you change most of your team, but there's always, an, you know, like, there's always an opportunity to come back next season, you know, and you learn from what you did. I know Lane loves to win this league. I know Lane, I mean, I listened to that podcast to the, the media day, right? And he loves this league. He wants to win this league every year. Uh, look, dude, he just had a bad year, man. And it happens, you know, and it's going to happen to everybody. And hopefully not too often. And with Lane, it really hasn't happened too often to him. So he'll be back. I'm no doubt about that. So uh, one guy uh, besides Nick who never has a bad year in our minds, Matt, uh, and that's required is uh, Corey. Corey of course not. Of course not. Never have a bad year. Corey's been, I mean, I'm surprised he's not undefeated in this league, you know. Totally. So let's move on and uh, listen to a little analysis. Since we know he's a listener now, Matt, so it's at least like one episode. So yeah, I know. He'll, hopefully he'll listen to this. I think for also to take the time, let me just review this real quick, and you will too, because we'll have something on him, right? But we uh, we're giving him A pluses, obviously. Oh, of course. Not. Yeah. So real quick, uh, Brown in the first, uh, you know, maybe a little early. Maybe someone going a little later in the first. We can't fault you know most first round picks here. Mixon we already talked about in the second. Uh, Hawkinson in the third now gets a fat contract. Hopefully he's still motivated, but that could be uh, okay based on how he did Minnesota last year. I love Kirk in the fourth. I would have taken him in the third. Uh, Addison, um, man, if he can just uh, play as fast as he drives, he's gonna. You know, he could be a good player. So that you know, kind of like Janowski drafting the third round with Taylor. Addison really could be a difference maker, or he yeah. could be a flop. So let's see. Let's see what happens. That Dylan in the sixth is just a whatever pick. I would have wanted it. The way running backs went in this draft, would have done it later. McPherson in the seventh, great kicker, one of my favorite kickers, but it's a kicker. I don't know why he did that. And then San Francisco gate. Sometimes people draft just to kind of get things taken care of and don't don't tear. I think as much as they should. Having Deshaun Watson in the ninth is good. Uh, after that, uh, nothing really too impressive uh, to me except Singletary in the 14th. I think that was a good pick. Very, uh, you know, I would, if it was anyone else, I'd give it probably a B. But you know the grades. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, because Corey's black. You know, I got to make sure that he drafts mostly black players. Okay, he has one one white guy, two white guys. Okay. Man, that now that was your best analysis, I think, on the whole <laughs> the whole show. We both gave him uh, C pluses. <laughs> Uh, you know, gave, though, uh, you gave a C, I gave a B too. Absolutely, you know. To be fair, uh, great season out of Corey, actually. Right? I mean, I wasn't always on top of the GFC. Excuse me, the VFC for a long period of time. Uh, you know what really did him in though was uh, the injury to Christian Kirk. That really hurt him a lot. You know, Christian Kirk had been a really good player for him all season long, <laughs> and uh, you know, uh, Christian Kirk goes down early in Week 13, uh, and Corey's team, honestly, uh, I mean. Really hadn't been, really wasn't the same since, you know, early in week 13, you know, and, you know, because Corey, I mean, he reeled off one, two, three, four, five, six wins in a row uh, from week five to week 10 to really, I mean, he had clinched, a, I think he was nine and one at one point or something like that. Yeah, nine and one. Ends up, you know, uh, ends up 10 and four, I think is what he was. And so, you know, that injury to Christian Kirk really hurt, but, you know, um, I don't love how his draft strategy was, but I know what it is now. And I understand it. It's very classic, right? He, he fills up all his positions first, and then he goes for depth after that. You know, so uh, you know, I, it's a it's it's a different strategy than what I'm used to. But 
this year worked for him because he had a really good he had a good keeper in Deshaun Watson in nine, so he didn't have to worry about a quarterback till uh, till much later. And you got Hal, who, as bad as he is in real life, was serviceable. I guess Matt would say Jordan Love style early uh, in the season, so that was good. Yeah. Uh, and then Singletary, like I pointed out in that analysis, I mean, whew, what a season for Singletary to help them out. I think Singletary would be a good keeper next year, especially if the Texans don't add any running backs, right? Because Damian Pierce, you can't trust him to be healthy, right? And Singletary has proven to be a pretty good option for this offense, you know? So uh, so I think Singletary, what is he, round 14 next? Uh, I think round 14, so... Uh, that's a good that's a good keeper. I think he was debating on Sam Howell earlier in the season. I was talking to him about it, uh, but of course he's pivoted off that. And, but um, you know, but Singletary can really be a good option for him. Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, he did well. And uh, it's funny he was sputtering at the end, but not when it mattered most against Jay. You know? No, no, of course and Jesus, not. Right? In in my Jesus victimization. Uh, spiritual mode here that was just it was only because he was playing jay that that happened because well, he was sputtering niners, that shouldn't have happened only against jay you know that niners defense for a while was a top defense in the uh, in the league and they were they were you know great for him when he needed him to be you know they ended up finishing surprisingly uh eighth overall to be honest with you which i was pretty shocked at but still getting uh getting over 13 points a game from your defense uh and he had them all year too that's that's pretty solid man that's that's real solid actually yeah, no, he had he had a great year. First year, uh, Corey, first year making the playoffs. So, congrats. Now, Matt, why don't you add a little something? Moving on to Wilson, uh, your very worthy opponent who uh, uh, didn't really play very worthy in the last game. But man, what a season Mike had! Great trade with me to get some firepower mm-hmm. in there with Cook and Hill and Watson, and uh, uh, he just almost got there. But just his second Orlando Bowl defeat, and uh, uh, you know how hard it is to win these. And a uh, great manager like Wilson hasn't had one one yet in twelve years. So. Uh, he had a great team this year. Yeah, he really did. You know, he came up against, like, my team was just on fire, man. I mean, it was, um, you know, it really started with me. After that, I lost to you, I think, in week eight or week, uh, I think week eight. Uh, after that, man, I just went on a tear for, you know, nine weeks, basically. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, Mike was just the next up on the list. <laughs> I hate to say it that way, but that's what he was. And, you know, a uh, great team, though, with, uh, you know, I did not think his team was that great at the beginning of the season. I'm sure you've got a clip of that. Uh, post drafts to me saying I did not like his draft at all, which I did not. Um, but you know, his team ended up. You know, I don't judge me, reason. Matt. You don't know what I pulled. I know, right? But you know, the big thing for me was I did his. I didn't like. Um, I wasn't crazy about Ken Walker. I thought him and Carbonet were going to split, and so I didn't really. I didn't really agree with that. But you know, Ken Walker really was a monster uh, early in the season. So him and Bijan together uh, were really just tearing it up. So Mike. You know, Mike really picked a good team. Uh, you know, for some firepower, really had a good team there. Then, of course, the trade with you, uh, you know, yeah, monster, you know, monster trade for Mike and really propelled him uh, to a conference championship and title game. It, had, it absolutely it absolutely did. He had a great season. Uh, you know, I got Devonta and Cooper from him, who were good receivers. But, man, he really yeah. won that trade uh, big time. So, uh, let's go to our preseason analysis on uh on Wilson. Yeah.
for me to want to draft. Zay Jones in the eighth had a great year last year. I know they have Ridley now, but very good pick there. Uh, Hodgins in the tenth not a bad pick either. Nor is McBride in the eleventh. We'll see if Ertz can stay healthy. Algier in the thirteenth good. Jalen Hyatt is a keeper in the fourteenth not bad either. So I like you know overall uh, I'll definitely give this draft a very solid uh, B for me. I, I think this one actually last few years one of the better drafts I've seen Wilson do in spite of Amari Cooper in the second. But I what? still think Cooper will be productive. A B. Yeah. Have you been I don't hate pulling most on the side? Oh, my <laughs> Lord. <laughs> it wasn't like what I did to Janowski at the draft last no, year. Too much stuff, Albini. <laughs> yeah, wow. and Matt, you should should have judged me. You're right. Yeah, I like this team, and obviously you did. You know, I bet you he's kicking himself right now for dropping McBride or whatever he did or trading. I'm not sure what he did with him, but right, man, McBride's gonna be a guy. And Jay Jay picked him up, and yeah, that guy, man, that guy, he's been such a monster since uh, since he got the got the full time job. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, I I, I mean, I, I can say I was wrong about Mike's team for sure. Mike got to the championship game, and I didn't think his team was very good. You know, uh, but that trade certainly helped him out, but he was already on his way to the playoffs. Beside, in spite of those trades, you know, he was always, he was already doing really well and everything like that. He was putting up a lot of points. Um, had a really good season. Uh, you know, I think let's see here. He at one point, um, where is Mike? You know, he was Bijan Mustards, and he's lost the first game of the year, but reeled off one, two, three, four, five wins. So he's five and one after week six. Okay. Uh, you guys made the trade in what week nine? Is that what it was, or when did you guys make the trade? It was at the deadline, so it was uh, week eleven. So he's got one, two, three losses at week eleven. So what is he? He's uh, eight and three, right? So he was already on his way to the potentially a conference championship in a playoff, and just made it that much stronger. So Mike's team did great this year, you know. And um, you know he's got with CJ Stroud. The emer- that's a great draft pick for him. The emergency CJ Stroud really helped out Mike a lot. Uh, Bijan was okay, but you know, honestly, Bijan's problems are not him; it's his coach. Arthur Smith is a disaster for fantasy football, is what he is. Okay, he's a fucking nightmare. You know, I mean, how you're playing Tyler Algier, uh, giving him more potentially more carries than Bijan makes no freaking sense at all. Okay, and how you're not feeding Drake London 15 times a game, Matt? What's the problem? Drake London, I told you this before. Drake London, I think, is a fantastic. I think Atlanta should trade for Justin Fields. If you see Justin Fields in Atlanta, I think Drake London is a lot better fantasy option. And get, get rid of Arthur Smith, too, at the same time. Okay, But, uh, you know, Ken Walker for Mike was awesome. George Kittle thought was drafted early. Thought he could have thought he could have gone with maybe Ramondre or someone else like that, you know, as opposed to Ken Walker, you know. But, um, you know, look, Ken Walker was great. I know he traded him away, I think, at one point to you, probably. I think is what it was. But, um, you know, all in all, I tell you one though, the guy who's the most frustrating person in all of fantasy football is Gabe Davis, and that really that's really hard to deal with because uh, I mentioned quite a few times before, Gabe Davis scores zero points and Gabe Davis scores twenty five. You just don't know which week it's going to happen, and that's got to frustrate the shit out of you, you know. So, um, but all in all, man, uh, looking back on on his draft and looking back on his team this year, I mean, it's hard to argue saying the guy had a bad season. When he's eleven and three and gets the eleven and three eight game uh, was a seven game win streak and goes to the Garlando Bowl. So this year, Mike, all in all, had one, two, three, four. He had a five game win streak and a seven game win streak. Uh, the dude had a great, great season. So obviously, had a great team on top of it. Yeah. 
He sure he sure did, man. Wait, did he really have two separate winning streaks like that? Yeah, so he went he went 0-1, then from week two to week six, won all of his games. So he was five and one, okay. Lost in, you know, then then lost in week seven, wins week eight, lost week nine, and then he won out for the rest of the season, all the way up until the Garlanda Bowl. So, you know, he you know, from week ten all the way to weeks uh whatever, the Garlanda Bowl week, which is gonna be seven wins, you know, so it's one, two, three, four, five. Uh, wins the quarterfinal, wins the semifinal, that's seven wins. So, two separate streaks. Yeah, and really, I mean, just awesome, you know, awesome season. <laughs> Maybe never been done before, Matt. Two separate, at least five game winning streaks. Yeah, I don't know if it has been. So, that's a pretty, it'd be a pretty good stat to look up. I didn't even do that. I mean, I, uh, right oh, down. My team, right down. Yeah, Our my team did something. Chore, chore list, Matt. Yeah, that's, that's another thing to look up for the offseason, I guess, you know, so we can, we can look at that. But yeah. I mean, my team went. I had one, two, three, four, and then I lost, and then I reeled off nine in a row to win the red to win the to win the rest of them. But yeah, uh, Mike had two two long two very long winning streaks. Five five or more would be the number. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, five or more is definitely the number. Four wins is it, it's decent, but it's not like five is five is really really tough to do. Really really tough. It's, it's more than four. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Gar, okay, our math Matt, skills are still doing well. It's twelve oh six a.m. right now, and we're doing the. We've been on this podcast for two hours and ten minutes so far. I this think we awesome. know. I wanted to test it. I really was getting a little scared, Matt. But I think that Riverside is gonna go over two hours for us. We were kind of. I, I man, I hope so. Um, I hope all this audio comes through. Hopefully, we don't have any problems and we just waste two hours of our time. So we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Continuing marching on, Matt. To, oh yeah, man, the yeah. best for last. It's. Uh, you and me, my friends. So uh, if you don't mind, I'll defer and I'll go. I'll go first with myself. Go okay. ahead, man. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so let's see what me or you, which is really one and the same, Matt. Yes. Uh, <laughs> said said about uh, said about me. Uh, so many of your drafts are are so dependent upon you having depth in every single area, right? In case there's an injury, in case whatever. But you know, you, you rarely, in the past, I don't know, I want to say three or four years, have gotten home run hitters as actual players. So your teams have always been okay. You know, you'll pull out four or five, maybe six wins a season, but you don't, you've not really had that home run hitter that can just basically bail you out. Because you have a lot of depth, right? You'll have a bunch of guys score eight points, right? But you don't have a big time home run hitter to bail you out of a bad situation, and now you do with Tyreek Hill. You got Lamar, who on any given week, those two can combine for 60, 70 points. And if you get that, uh, you're all of a sudden just needing about five, ten points from other players to go ahead and get to about 115, 120. That's going to win you pretty much every week, you know. So uh, I do like the draft a lot better this year than uh, than previous years. And you were right, Matt, and that's how it played out. But with injuries and just underperformance, I just knew it yeah. wasn't enough, so I had, to, I had to blow it up. I still think that is the best did, formula to I. go. <laughs> yeah, I know. I You blew it up like I've never seen before, but I still think that's the Traded best everyone formula. Everyone on my team, everybody. I know, dude. You don't, you don't, I don't, did, you don't it was have like Steinbrenner. It was like Steinbrenner, just an absolute fire sale. You don't have one player from your original roster on your squad. Maybe, no, Ramondre. I think Ramondre is still on your squad. Okay, yeah, but, but I could drop him right now, Matt, and it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I didn't, he was no, on injured reserve. I could have dropped him. You could have, uh, yeah, you know, but I still think 
the way you did your draft is the best way to draft because yes you certainly you, you need home run hitters I, and i've mentioned the word home run hitter in that quote like four times basically but having depth is a great thing don't get me wrong okay and you know and my team actually this year was somewhat predicated on depth to be honest with you okay but if you have two guys that can combine average weekly and probably 50, 50 points minimum, 70 points max, I still think the formula is that. If you can get those guys up there, if you can have one guy who's at 30 points, one guy who's maybe at 25, uh, at 55 points, the rest of your team doesn't need to be unbelievable. They just need to be halfway decent. And all of a sudden, you're at 100 points. And in this league, if you get to 100 points, you're in every game. You can probably win most of your games at 100, 105 points. You know, so... I still think that's the formula. I really, really do. You know, and um, maybe you know, in in a, in a perfect year, you get guys who are home run hitters, and you're scoring 55, 60 points between the two of them, and then the rest of your squad is scoring 15 points or so, and all of a sudden you're putting up 125, 135 points a game, and you run away with the whole thing. Okay, but uh, this is—I still think this is the best way to draft because look at your guys. You have Tyree Kill, Lamar Jackson, Ramondre Stevenson, James Cook. Those are four really good first round draft, first draft picks, you know, really good. And you traded everyone away, so it's hard to analyze your team, to be honest with you, because you have so many moving pieces. But, I mean, those guys were, these are all good picks. All, I mean, Lamar yeah. Jackson going to be the NFL MVP more than likely, you know, so it's they a really good play. Pick. I made the playoffs with them. It just kind of went off the rails at the end. I had to make a decision. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, if it all would have worked out my way, uh, I still would have lost to you probably in the first round because you put up such a great. Uh, week, but I also could have gotten an extra win and not been playing you. So probably uh, you just never, you just never know. But uh, uh, you were gonna, you know, I'm sure you would have won either way. <laughs> I mean, with with how my team ended up doing it, yeah, potentially you'd had to put you would have had in the semifinals and the final you would have had to put up 141 or 135 points. Yeah, I, I don't think that would. I don't think that's happened. Pretty tough, you know. Pretty tough. So overall, though, man, I mean, if you look at the original roster, like. Had you not made any moves, I think you probably would have been maybe a five or six seed, maybe at the worst, you know. And so, uh, if you were a five seed, then you're still not beating Joe because Joe scored 165 points. But if you're a six seed, <laughs> right. uh, six seed had to beat Corey, which uh, score 120. That might have been doable. <laughs> that would have been tough. I think my fame yeah. was sealed, man. Yeah, it might have been doable, but you never know, man. But you know, all in all, though, um, I do think the Christian Watson injury really hurt you a lot, to be honest with you. I think you needed yeah, that. Yeah, once he started getting going with Wilson, I would never have had to make that trade. You know? Yeah, and I think even though you had Tyreek Hill and Lamar Jackson, right, who were really good players, James Cook didn't really come on till a little bit later in the season. Ramondre Stevenson was about the same. You missed that one extra guy. Like, Michael Thomas was serviceable for 10 points, right? But that was his that was his ceiling, like 10 to 12. He wasn't getting higher than that, right? You needed that guy that had the. He ability. was like a ten every week. Same, uh, yeah, it was. Same, it was. It same was. Output. It was, it was uncanny. Like, it was like it was legit ten every week. You needed that guy who had the ability to get twenty five points, right? And you didn't have that with him, you know. So that's what you were missing with that injury. And then of course, uh, you traded. And then of course, he took a couple of games and he back in the swing of things. And then you traded him away, and you know all is history from there. But still, um, I still think you had a great draft. I really, I told you that before. Um, and we'll see what happens next season. Yeah, I, I played the, I played the trading game, Matt, and uh, you played the game. It, it, it didn't work game out, game. and uh, I just wanted to let you know it was prophesized in our preview. So let's listen to 
uh, us prophesizing about uh, my trading, <laughs> our potential trading. And with your bench, how it is, I'm not sure how much trade pull you have anymore, uh, unless you decide to make a. Uh, unless Michael, you, you you better hope that Michael Thomas or Christian Watson really come around. That way, you can make a trade of some sort if you're looking to do that. Yeah, uh, I mean, when you look at it, man. <laughs> yeah. I would definitely be looking to trade, Matt. Yeah, I, I, I know you well enough by now to know. Once I saw three running, three quarterbacks on your roster, uh, I kind of had a feeling. You, know, I, I kind of had a feeling you knew what you were doing. You know. Um, <laughs> you say you think you know me so well. No, I don't, but I do. You have that connection, Matt. But I do. Well, the trades, God, I really wish I could have finished them out. I just don't think anything would have changed. You know, I would have had. Uh, Devontae Adams, who sucked most of the season, had that one good game at the very end of the season. Um, Jefferson got in. You remember Jefferson got injured that game that mm-hmm. uh, week eleven, so uh, that's that surely wouldn't have been much help. So um, you know, it was. Uh, <laughs> I just don't think it was meant to be. And like you know, like I said, uh, you know, your team just really, uh, you know, you and Wilson, I think, seem like the two most deserving teams. So, and that's, yeah, how it, think, that's, how, yeah. that's how it played out playing. And that's how we kind of predicted it, or at least I predicted it uh, in the preview to the playoffs. Yeah, that's just kind yeah, of what it yeah. felt like. I mean, we both thought that Mike was going to win um, because of his firepower, you know, with Tyreek Hill. But uh, luckily we were wrong. <laughs> you know? No, no I, I definitely predicted. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, we predicted Mike to win. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I did. Predict, yeah. We did predict that. And, uh, man, if he had, would have had his firepower, maybe, but he just had so much. I mean, a historically good team. So, uh, yeah. your, it was it was match. I don't know if I've told you that, man. It was your year. God, it almost felt like my year. Yeah, well, guard, guard was, it, it still was your year, okay? It still was. <laughs> okay, Matt, let's go on to – I don't think we've talked enough about your team, so why don't we end the last question before we show the play, who we think of made course the playoffs. Let's hear, let's, let's hear what we got to say about my team. Okay. If you want, do you? Would you? I know we're really well. You know what? You, if, you, if you twist my arm enough, man, and I think you have. I'll, I'll listen to it. Okay. Okay. I, okay. Okay. Here we go. On every <laughs> single article that you find, every single one. Okay. And you know, I said, okay. I mean, no one had ever heard of the guy. Or go ahead and pick him. But Cooper Cup gets injured, obviously. You know, and he was supposed to be the wide receiver. I don't even think he was going to dress if Cooper Cup wasn't hurt. Okay. I don't think he was the third wide receiver for the day. This dude ends up with 15 to eight, 15, 16 targets, 10 catches. He has 18, 19 points, you know, and he looked good doing it too. It wasn't like he was, uh, it, it wasn't like he was bad, like just getting lucky. I mean, this guy, if you look at the other, uh, Van Jefferson was supposed to be the number one receiver. He has four targets. Tutu Owl had eight. This guy has 15 targets. And granted, Cooper cuts out four weeks and, um, uh, you know, of course, his volume will get scaled back, but if Cooper Cup doesn't come back, and this guy ends up becoming a really valid second wide receiver, then round 15, I got, I mean, I got a keeper for next year with no question. Matt, not only is it round 15, it's almost Mr. Irrelevant. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's one pick away. Yeah, exactly. If this, if he starts emerging, emerging, I mean, he had 15 targets, so I don't care when Cooper Cup comes back. Uh, you would think this guy will, will still be playing, be a factor in that offense, so... If he starts consistently, <laughs> Matt, uh, I'm I'm patting myself on the back. And, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you're doing the same. That's pretty. That's pretty spot on, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, there was always a concern about Puka whenever uh, 
whenever Cooper Cup came back. But of course, those concerns were uh, were put to bed, man. What a what a what a great season. I mean, what a what a great story for him too. You know, like just no one ever heard of the guy before, right? And you know, comes and does what he did. And um, you know, if 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 McCaffrey's probably the MVP, but Puka's got to be up there as like an honorable mention kind of guy and everything like that. You know, just a massive season. So you're even saying between him and Kyron, it's it's a it's a decision. You know, normally you would think with a good receiving running back like Kyron, it's automatic you go with Kyron. So uh, he's really making you think about it, huh? He is. I mean, I want to see what they. Do. I want to see how the offseason plays out, right? I want to see uh, does Cooper could do they move Cooper Cup on because um, because they have Demarcus Robinson who had a great end of the season, right? They have Tutu Atwell who's a good player. Uh, the Rams don't have much draft capital, so can they move Cooper Cup on and get some draft capital for him so they can, you know, start to reload the team as they need to, you know, and stuff like that? Because that defense is getting older, uh, stuff like that. So I want to see what I'll, I just want to see what happens, you know. And um, I have I look I, I mentioned this earlier. I, I'm in a good spot to be in with my with my uh, with my players, you know. So I uh, I really I don't think I can go wrong with either way. It just depends on how I want the draft to shake out. You know, and I think I'll be able to dictate that draft too, for the most part, because um, you know I'll have a good chance of you know my chances of being the number one overall pick are probably pretty good. So I'll have a chance to kind of shape the draft how I want it to, at least for the first pick, and then after that, uh, fuck man, who knows what's going to happen after that? You know, so I, you know, I Matt, I think God with uh, that firepower with uh, the Rams offense, I mean they're a threat in the NFC. I think. I think they're. I don't think anybody wants to play them. I don't because. You know, you got Kyron Williams, who's been great, obviously. You know, and um, you know, you've got um, Cooper Cup. He's, you know, is fantastic, and you know, Matt Stafford's playing at a much better level than he was. And of course, you've got they have a three-headed, they have a, like a four-headed monster. They, you know, Demarcus Robinson's come in, and he's been getting eight, nine targets a game. And uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? Two, uh, excuse me, Puka's been Puka, and um, and you know, the other guys, like I said. So yeah, they're a team. I don't think anybody wants to play them right now. I really don't. Yep, they're they're dangerous, and uh, that's the Matt's uh, fantasy football GFL uh, benefit as well. well. Matt, let's round out this uh, year-end Back to the Future reviewing all the team segment with our uh, playoff predictions from the beginning of the season. So, uh, um, yeah. let's see. We've all, we've been alluding to it as we've gone, but let's let's listen to it. Let's see how close we were. Four and four from each side. Uh, I think Joe's going to be in the playoffs. I think um, Graw. I think you are going to be in the playoffs. And I'm actually going to take Jay in the playoffs. I don't think I'm going to make it. I think I'm going to be just on the outs on this one. But I think it's I, th- I like Jay's receivers a lot, obviously, you know. And if and I think Javante Williams is a good pick. Now I don't like the fact that he piggybacked it, like I've told you a million times. But I think if Javante Williams comes through and stays healthy, Jay's got really good receivers, and I think he can make a good run. So I'm going to go with um, with Joe, with Graw, with you. And with Jay in the in the as the four from our side, okay, and then from the other side, um, I think when Kevin gets healthy with Cooper Cup, I think he's gonna be very dangerous. So I'm gonna go with Kevin. I'm gonna go with um, Janowski. Um, I'm also gonna go with Corey's team. I know it's kind. I know it's weird, but and of course we gotta put Corey in the playoffs because he's like, but. Uh, you know, I'm gonna go. I like Corey's team this year. Either you or me was gonna do it. So thanks for thanks for doing that. Thanks and for taking that burden, Matt. So I got. Uh, let's see. I got Kevin. I got Janowski. I got Corey's team, and then it's really a toss up right now between. Um, uh, it's really a toss up right now between Lane 
and uh, who's his last team right here? I gotta see who this is. Uh, Lane and Nick, excuse me. Lane and Nick are going to be fighting out for the last spot in the playoffs. Yeah, no, that's good. I like it better than mine. I'm going to give what I was going to give before week one started, obviously, because we're playing back to the future. Yeah. Here, so. In our conference, I had five. I had you, Joe, Graw, me, and Steve. Okay. So now I, I definitely regret not having Jay. Yeah. Buyer's remorse there. Um, and then in the VFC... I had uh, Lane with uh, Ruggles and Kirk, you know, so. Well, okay. Oh, gosh. Oh, did I just oh, claim oh, that? Man. You want to throw up? But, Matt, I love your selflessness of not picking yourself, even though you could tell in that clip you totally wanted to pick yourself for the play. I, I, I you know, I actually was 100% truthful. I did not think I had the team to get to the playoffs you this year. You knew about Puka and Kyron. I did. I looked at all of us. I read a bunch of articles. I didn't think he would be that good. And then Kyron went. Actually, Kyron, believe it or not, Puka was great, but Kyron was the one who really pushed it over the edge because, uh, you know, Nick Chubb goes down. I, I lose one guy, and but having him and Richard White just go do what they did uh, was great. But um, yeah, we both got sixty percent of our of the GFC uh, correct, and I guess. Yeah, I guess me picking Corey ends up making me uh, win the <laughs> win the battle on that one. I guess you know. <laughs> so, Even though I wanted to pick Jay, you know, it should have been four four, but you got it with Corey. Yeah, exactly. You know, and and then uh, yeah, I picked Lane or Nick. I can't I can't pick both, obviously. So I, that really that one's a wash. Doesn't really count. So yeah, with Corey coming in, you know, uh, I guess that ends up pushing me over the edge on that one. So. Uh, we, you know what though, sixty percent for our conference isn't bad. You know, to be quite honest with you, it's actually pretty good. You know, and yeah, um, or what, fifty percent? Yeah, that's good. Four out of eight. If I always find if you could do four, I don't think I've ever done more than five. So again, it's uh, it's only one difference, but it's actually a big difference when you're dealing with these kind of numbers. So right, uh, right. Now, you know, uh, I uh, predicted like nine of the first two rounds picks in their spots when we did that exercise. That was also good. You got five, which is good. Uh, yeah, for the draft. So yeah, for sure. Uh, sometimes you have a good anomaly year. This this year we were around average, below average, but about average because I really did want to pick Jay. So uh, yeah. we did we did fine with those picks. Just you know, it's hard to pick them. It football. is sometimes, man. It, it's fan- anything can happen in fantasy. A lot of variability. Football. That's why we just say fucking fantasy, man. Fucking fantasy. It's all we can really say, you know. <laughs> Oh uh, man, fuck it. We've gone. I mean, I don't even want to look, Matt. I mean, two we're, hours we're, and twenty-eight. Right Two hours and 20 right minutes right on the dot right now. We're, we're right up there with Oppenheimer right now. <laughs> oh, so, man. This, Matt, is, this, this is, is way this beyond. Is this I mean, is the deal. Huh. What's that? Oh, hopefully, you're saying what? Hopefully, it goes through. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, hopefully, this actually loads. <laughs> I mean, hopefully it doesn't just cut us off after like an hour and a half or something like that. Who knows? <laughs> uh, we've um, gone past that. I'm, I'm comfortable. We'll, we'll make it in. Uh, I hope so. But, but Matt, I mean, it was always my intention. I mean, you remember as a kid growing up, Dynasty, Dallas, all these shows, Three's Company. I mean, they always made the season finale. Uh, the cliffhanger, you know, the big, yeah. long, uh, the long episode. So it's a season finale. So we went big. So it's been great, but it's been a big season, man. It's been uh, great to ride to uh, to be on this journey with you. And uh, uh, two and a half hours or more later tonight, uh, we're 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 there again. So for we the are last there. Time. Go- so it, maybe are. in a way, Matt, I just didn't want it to end. Yeah, I think that's why we probably talked for so long is because we know this is going to be the end for a while, but. 
Man, it's been 18 weeks of this. 18 weeks of podcast. 18 weeks of fantasy football. Uh, 17 weeks of fantasy football. But for us, 18 weeks. But anyway, we got more to come with the OT. But of course, we won't be doing podcasts for the OT. Um, and but yeah, man, it's been a it's been a long season. Think about 18 weeks, man. That is shit, dude. That's four four and a half five months of this stuff. You know what I mean? That's a lot of it. That's a lot of work. 18 weeks of lot. A lot of work, uh, 18 weeks of life, Matt, a lot of sickness yeah. for you. I mean, a lot's happened in these uh, <laughs> I mean, think about the things that have changed in the last 18 and in, in the last 18 weeks. You're no longer celibate, which is nice. Okay, so good for you. Okay, and then once or once uh, or twice, Matt. Once or more, once or twice. Yeah, and then I'm I'm somewhat healthy, I guess. Sure, why not? You know, and then you know, just different stuff's going on, man. So, uh, dude, it's been fun, man. Uh, congrats on winning a, a title for you. Congratulations, you know, we're in this together. So, can uh, I'm I'm proud of you. You know, good for your. Uh, you know, you can claim Gar as long as you want to claim the championship, as long as you identify as a champion, and that's all that matters for you. Right, and that's that's how we're that's the world we're living in. So, uh, I was definitely want- operating with the extra bounce in my set this week. That's why I, I did the preparation I did, and that's why what happened did. So, <laughs> no, nah, yeah, man, this feels dude, great. Congra- uh, congratulations to uh, to to us too, to you. Dude, yeah, ma- honestly, man, major major props. I know it's a long episode, but it was always going to be that way. We knew that when we were reviewing all the teams, but uh, to pull all those to pull all those clips like that, to have it all organized like you had it, uh, everything like that, man, that takes a lot of that takes a lot of work dude so good for him man that real good job man real awesome really really good stuff it was it was fun the whole season's been just an absolute blast so just want to thank you thank your family for making the sacrifice in in different ways matt you've made sacrifices so remember (laughs) to get back on those nuptials here again pretty soon make a little more time make a little more time for that but yeah i'll uh, i'll work on that i mean she's asleep right now but uh maybe i'll I'll get started on that tomorrow we'll get started (laughs) uh no and just want to you know all the league members who listen you know my brother listened this year we know Corey listened so we get some new listeners and of course we have all the dozen dozens i guess i stopped it there now but it's been even more than that unique listeners so we just hope it uh hope it just continues to uh to grow mad and uh uh we need to you know uh it's a big it's a big to do but we need to have this garstitutional convention so um (laughs) Maybe coming this summer. We may need to talk about it more next season too. So we'll figure we it out. We'll see what we'll see what sponsors we have. I mean, I mean, we're coast to coast, Matt. We're California to New York. We're in the Midwest. Uh, we need to check to see if we picked up any new states. Also, well, uh, I think I think we might have. So we'll 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 uh, you know with this episode, I'm sure we will. You know, obviously, you know, so we can uh, we can you know we can start to you know broaden our scope even more. Yeah, I mean, we may even be growing New York. I mean, it's six percent from there, so you just never know. So lots of lots to look forward to. And uh, uh, but the thing I most look forward to is uh, doing it with you, man. It's always it's always great, fun fun season. And uh, I guess I guess we have to say goodnight bye now, huh? We do. I guess I guess I guess it's that time, Gar. For the last time, I mean, hit us with that uh, royalty non royalty free music. And fellas, great season. Appreciate all of y'all. And we'll see you again in uh, around June fifteenth for or wait July fifteenth, excuse me for the uh, for the draft lottery. That's right, not on the podcast. We'll be back on the podcast in probably very early September. Probably around then, but uh, but hey, you know what? We still have the OT coming up, so uh, still lots to look forward to, lots to play for. That's a but, daily, uh, Gar- that's a daily fantasy thing in our in yeah. our own league. So, but I guess Matt, they could email us at gflcommission@gmail.com. We could get some of the listeners if they want to participate. 
Yeah, we'll have to make a determination on that. But uh, we usually like to keep it just GFL. But if uh, if someone wants if someone wants it in bad enough, I guess we can consider it. Okay. Well, until then, guys, it's our next podcast, which I guess will be episode fifty four, Matt, on our way to five hundred. That's uh, works. Matt, happy happy trails to you from the podcast sense, and happy trails to all of our listening audience. GFL, great season. We'll see you next time. Happy trails to you Until we meet again Hi, Mark Bard, it's Sandy Hook Promise. Happy trails to you <laughs> I hope you understand We'll see you guys next season